All right, there it is. The claps happened. It's all happening. It's jazzy time. It's the 28th of December, 2023. That's a bunch of numbers. Jason, at the end of the year, right, your numbers is going to go, because you guys do the month first, right? Uh, so your thing's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you're just going to go one, two, three, one, two, three. Yeah. Wait. One, two. Yeah. I guess that sounds correct. It's fucking early, well, Chad. What do you mean? For what day? Get excited what, about that. What day, though? He didn't spill his coffee yet, Chad. <laughs> oh, he might have finished it by now. You never know. What do you mean, Jason? What do you mean, what day? What do you mean what the dates the day are going to go one, two, one, two, three? Because, because it's, you guys oh do the month God. first, so it's going to be 12, yeah. right? So one, two, and then it's going to be the 31st of December. Okay. So it's going to go one, two, one, two three, three one. one, and then the year is 2023, sure. and we don't often put the two zero. We just put the 23, okay, yeah, yeah, so it's going to go one, two, three, one, two, three. Yeah, I'm with you. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm super jacked about that, man. Um <laughs> 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 Come on, man. I'm bringing you a fun fact to start the day. Yeah, it's going to be a party. Yeah, some champagne, <sighs> uh, some uh, confetti popper thingies. I don't know. I don't know what uh, poppers. People, yeah. Confetti poppers. I think that's used for something else. Uh, but we were talking about uh, Jason's week, Yanko, and it mm. being long. This is his first, uh, first Christmas, Christmas with the baby. It's long, man. There's people back in town. You have to go say hi to everyone. You got to go to parties. A lot of meals. You know a lot, of, a lot of drinks. I know some people. I'm ready to disown all of them now after the week. I'm ready to just. Oh my I know. god! I'm like, dude, this is this is the thing. Counter Strike's got me back. CS2 has me back in that state where I'm just like, I don't want to be social. I just want to go back home and I just want to play Counter Strike. That's so it's like World of Warcraft and weed, uh, but it's Counter Strike too. Yeah, and baby, and, and baby. <laughs> But, you know, like okay. I, I'm, yeah. I'm done with the social life. I, I, you know, I had my week. I'm exhausted. Uh, I've had to introduce the baby to all the all the old friends that have come back into town. And I'm sure she's going to them all. <laughs> they're just but being the baby polite. Or the friends, the friends. Oh. They're just being polite. Yeah. Oh, Jason, you have a baby. We have to. See. We absolutely have to see her, Jason. But do they oh, have babies God. as well? Yes, they do. They do. This She's is this okay. is the so thing that Yanko's not accounting for. There's other human beings with babies who like meeting other babies. And that's, that's hey, what I was at the children's birthday last night. That's why I sound like this now. So. <laughs> <laughs> they must do children's birthdays in Serbia a little bit different. It was a, I imagine the they fourth do. birthday, you know, that's an important one. One of the biggest. So it had what to be did, celebrated. Yeah, the first, no, first introduction of Rocky, I imagine. To a way past that. Damn. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know if, if, if this was a thing where you guys are from, but here there was like, you know, back in the days, the, the, the older generation, you know, the mother would like be encouraged to, you know, drink beer so that when she breastfeeds, it kind of... <laughs> Sorry, sleeps what? the baby you know like the baby Sorry, what? no yeah yeah, yeah. Or, it's not a thing like, here or they would like put a little bit of rakia in the milk or actually it was rum because it was like i know rum. so like we sweet. had so closest... that's like that like you know gets the baby to sleep and be calm so the closest we and have also is like 20 years down the line it's an alcoholic so 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the closest we have is like rubbing like rum or whiskey on the gums during like teething was like a, was yeah, like okay. a thing. Um, we personally are not doing that, but uh, you know, it, it's, I think it's an older generation thing they used to do. It was a different generation. Yeah. I was going to say, Yanko, I think they advise against that, what you're yeah, suggesting. No, but that's, that's, <laughs> that's probably my like favorite line in movies nowadays. You know, that's just like how Hollywood gets away with that, with any joke. It's like they make the joke and then someone's like, Ugh, and then oh, different generation. You know, that's like uh, back in the day. That's like fine. Yeah. That's what my grandma always used to do when she would do stuff that was like just, you know, road rules. She wasn't crazy or anything. She wasn't running people off the road, but, you know, maybe she didn't indicate it a roundabout or, you know, kind of went, you know, turn left at the sure. red light or something. I don't, I, I'm exaggerating here. Mm. But she, I'd be like, Grandma, what are you doing? She's like, oh, well, I'm old. I can do whatever I want. I was like, yeah, fair enough. You are old. You are going to do whatever you want. That's, that's all good. Just go for it. Go nuts. It's all good. I, Jason, so things that people used to do generations ago, do you still take the kid to the local kid in the neighborhood who has chicken pox and throw your kid in there to get the chicken pox out of the way? Uh, we have not gotten to that stage, but uh, I don't know. Bro, I you should do that. Maybe. That's a thing well, here as well. They we didn't do, do like, that to uh, me, and then I got it when I was like 17, bro. Oh, yeah, it was that's a nightmare. brutal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know like... Um, like my brother with his kids, they used to take them to like the mall and like they could play in the playpen inside the mall because it's just like get them sick, get the get the immune system boosted, like get them around germs, get them around shit. Um, so I guess it's the same kind of same kind of theory to it, you know? Get them exposed. Yeah, I'm just we're, sick. We're fucking dirt poor, so like. <laughs> Sorry, what? Yeah, I mean we're. You mean country, Serbians so. in general? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought you meant the three of us. I was like, <laughs> I think we're doing okay. No, yeah, no, Chad, <laughs> definitely not you, bro. Uh, but the McDonald's was like a big thing right especially because my hometown where i was born is not belgrade right it's like a smaller town it's called crowds so there when mcdonald's came to that town it was like this massive thing not only because of like the food but because the mcdonald's he, yes exactly but i cannot describe like i don't know what my parents were thinking by letting me get into that and play there because that smell is like it never leaves you. I don't know. I feel like that's how chemical weapons that's that <laughs> that's how they work. Like it's so disgusting. But when you're a kid, you know, you're fucking lying, you're going there, there's ball like you know, all those balls that you jump into. Yeah, the ball pit. Or like the fucking the ropes, you're climbing around, you're like Tarzan or whatever the fuck, you know, it's super you know, you're having a great time when you're a kid, but actually, you know, looking bad, it was like fucking hell like i can still remember the smell of it it's yeah. not great yeah uh, it's some filthy places out there i remember like at ikea as well there used to be like the playpen for kids so the parents would just like drop the kids off on the way into ikea because it's a labyrinth right they're going to be there for a while so you just throw the kids they get looked after but those places they're not getting cleaned very well are they these aren't the these aren't these type of places that uh it, yeah it's there's a bit of disease going around, and I think we'd all love to to avoid as much of that as possible. It, it, this is the problem. Since I've been back in Europe, everyone's fucking sniffling. It's fucked, man. So that changes. Just, I was at home. Oh, it was perfect. <clears throat> uh, it was 30, 30, 35 degrees. The sun was shining. Everyone was having a great time. There was a million Brazilians in Scarborough. Everyone was loving life. I was having going to a Brazilian place, getting fucking awesome steak and stuff. And now everyone around is just sniffling. Here's something that's wild. People in Malta, it's like 15, 16, 17 degrees here every day, right? I'm waking up early in the morning. It's still 14 degrees. I go outside. They're all dressed up like it's the end of the world. Beanies on, gloves and shit. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm walking around in shorts. 
Yeah. I don't know what the Maltese people think is going on. I'm from a place that I would argue is much hotter or at least equally as hot. I just, that I didn't understand. Jason, do you, you, you were saying a bit earlier, we were talking about it, uh, the, the ice caps are melting, it's all falling apart where you are as well. Yeah, dude, it was uh, it was 50 degrees here on Christmas, a little over 50, which is like 10 degrees Celsius, I believe, ish, give or take. Um, so yeah, dude, it's, it's it was warm. We haven't had snow yet this season. Which I was at the beach yesterday. I went up to Lake Michigan with the dogs and was just like hanging out on the beach and just like a just like a little sweater, um, nothing crazy. So it's like it's massively warm here. I think it. Um, this is what Midwesterners talk about with uh, what I talk about with my neighbors in my little suburban neighborhood. Um, it's uh, the difference between I don't know how this shit works, so I'm probably gonna get this wrong. It's like El Nino versus is it like I think it's actually El Nino, like like they. It goes in like cycles of like three years where like the weather patterns around the world cause winters to be warm for three years. And then it goes back to like extremely cold winters for three years, but they work in some kind of a fucking no, cycle. we're getting canceled. Yeah, yeah, we're getting... We're, we're definitely getting canceled. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Global warming denier Jason Moses O'Toole says phenomenon is the reason that, that we are hot and then cold. Exactly. For fuck's sake, Jason. I know, I fucked it up. Front. I apologize. It's the one thing it's that's been a good taken down. Yeah, yeah it, it has been. We made 75, what, 75 episodes? episodes. This is 75. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 25 away from 100. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Uh, Yanka, what's the weather like where you are? Is Am I going to need to rug up a couple uh, weeks' time? Actually, now it's uh, pretty warm. It's like 12 degrees, which is unusual okay. for this time of the year. But it might be a little bit colder by the time you come around. But it's not going to be like crazy cold. Okay. You know, it's going to be, right, a, so. worst case, it's going to be close to zero you know like um sorry what close to zero degrees like you know two or three degrees that's, celsius that's that's pretty cold well yeah i mean for you i guess but it's not really cold cold as long as it doesn't go into the minus like it's not you know and you're not going to be fucking walking around are you you know that's true i won't be outside a lot <laughs> exactly you know, so be from venue to that's venue. what i realized like sometimes well, maybe i need like a warm sweater or like a war or whatever and wherever you go like restaurant but whatever it is inside anywhere the heating is through the roof and then i'm in my fucking t-shirt anyway so it's like that's fucking stupid yeah, yeah uh I, I was I was just want to let everybody know uh, we, we, we can't talk about Yanko's uh, holiday celebrations yet because in his part of the world, they celebrate uh, Orthodox Christmas, which begins on the 7th of January, and it's to do uh, with the Julian calendar. I remembered, hmm. Yanko. I remembered. I appreciate that, Chad. That's great. Nice. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, it's us, Greeks, Russians, Ukrainians. I think that's pretty much it. That's it? The big ones, yeah, they're orthodox. But, you know, European Open RMR qualifiers start on the 8th. So, yeah. There you go. I remember with FaZe in 2020, I had to play Katowice qualifiers on Christmas Day for me. Oh, and, Mary, I, did, and you won? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Merry Christmas. But, That's a pretty good But it was, you, you know, a couple of days prior, we got into the boot camp because, you know, it was important to qualify for, for Kato and But I remember then Niak. The ex-manager of G2 after that, he also like kind of stepped, talked to CSPPA at the time, you know, because it was bullshit. Like, why why should we play on, you know, like it's ridiculous, it should be the player break. Mm. So then it was sort of sorted out. And then now again, they have it like, I mean, it is, the, it should, it, 
technically it's still the player break when they have the open qualifiers. Yeah, I'm, let me have a look because I got the calendar kind of. So for me in the calendar, I had the tournament break ending on the 14th of January, right? So the 15th is kind of when they would go back. Yeah, and all the open qualifiers for Europe, I mean, for all the regions, the last one is the second or whichever one for Europe, fourth one. It's on the 14th and 15th. Yeah. The first ones are on the start on January the eighth, and that means, I'm just mis- and obviously you know like I mean you have teams who start who are gonna you know practice probably even now they're playing and they're gonna start playing right after New Year's. We have a team coming to the boot camp on the third of January to holy shit to okay. stay in and play like uh, the open qualifier and then potentially the closed as well. So fuck, all right. We had a team who was okay. a team was supposed to be in from like the 15th of december to the 15th of january like be here for new years and everything but they had some visa issues complications yeah yeah all right that's kind of wild to think about that i guess that's the thing though right it just tells you the importance of this the the major and qualifying for it i just was having a look because um jason and i were talking about this before you jumped in there was a a bloke where did he who was it who did it uh m n m z z z he tweeted out about the open qualifiers being on challenger mode. And I was just having a look there and I was just looking at what anti-cheat they're using. So they're using one called Acros Anti-Cheat, developed and designed by veteran gamers to ensure all competitive games are based on skill and not cheats. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I've never seen this anti-cheat means. before. Yeah, well, I've never, I was just was looking it up now. I literally just saw it. I just, I, can't, it's just I can't even to load me. the website. I don't want to derail this. I'll be just quick. It's like, you can write whatever the fuck you want on any product that's true it's like yeah. game breaking, blah, 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 proprietary technologies. Like, okay if you say so i guess well yeah that's kind of the the thing you, you know we gotta we gotta vet all these sources that's why I, I hopefully like hopefully i'm just someone, supposed to trust them like who are these gamers show them to me that works i'm trying to look at it cheap. now tournaments leagues scrims pugs new game titles 2023 uh i don't know i don't know who exactly they have a Twitter. we can't know have a look now providing quality energy we're just supposed to believe them they're from America. Well, it, oh, it's it says oh, California, okay, USA. Yeah. Those guys are always honest. Yeah, we're good. It's uh, <laughs> never gone back. I, I promise. I, I was enjoyed doing a uh, business with the Americans. That's my favorite. Today marks the release of stage two of the Acros Anti Cheat 2.0 major update. This is 14 hours ago. Okay, so this is quite new. Dude, I can't even load this the website. A, I can't even. I don't even know what's challenger happening. Challenger mode. Yeah, dot com. Yeah, it is a little bit laggy right now. Maybe because a lot of people are looking at it. I'm not sure. It's but not a yeah, good sign. I, that isn't a great sign, um, but yeah, it was just reading through some of the information on here. So this is for the open stuff. The qualifier is played at a maximum of uh, 1,024 slot single elimination tournament. All matches inside the tournament will be best of one until we get to the top eight, which will have a round of best of three for qualification. Tournament then resumes best of one for seating purposes. And then it's got the way you can veto and you can sign up there and stuff. So uh, that link, I retweeted it. And I think, Jason, you did as well. I'm not sure. I did. I'm talking out of my ass here. Yeah. Yeah. So people can find that if they want to sign up. I last, well, I, yeah, I think it was last time around. Like me, Hugo, Harry, uh, Rushley, and I think maybe J-Raz. We just played for fun. I think we, we won our first game and then we lost our second game to like some Ukrainians on Vertigo just got absolutely fucking destroyed um, but yeah it was, it was kind of fun to play some Counter-Strike like that again what, so an, in, what an intense qualifier though best of one online it's fucking MR crazy 12. MR12 it's just mental yeah. 
really starting to stack up and that's just the open side of things right so there's going to be an absolute gauntlet for a lot of these teams to get through i think it's going to be wild to see how that kind of pans out and that's obviously the first thing out the gates as you were talking about yanko so that's gonna happen real quick um but well how do we want to go about this jason aka discord manager aka discord inventor aka god of discord i'm not sure which title is going to stick uh how have you been happy with how your little little ant farm has been growing uh, it's good so far. I want to, I want to find a couple, couple ways to get the, the, the fragging channel a little bit more active. So we get more people able to find some people to frag with during the day. Uh, I want to fix the, I got to tweak the AMA channel itself so that like it doesn't get cluttered with just nonstop. I mean, this is going to sound weird, but nonstop conversation. So the questions get kind of like dr- uh, drowned out. So I've, I kind of love it. Do you? I like the chaos. I thrive. I look. I'm just like reading all the nonsense all the time. I think it's fucking awesome. People are just chatting shit in every single channel all the time. I can't keep up with anything, but when I do <laughs> open it, I see like, oh, there's a question, and I'm just like, oh, I can. Well, there's a conversation that's going on. I'll get yeah, involved. Yeah, I in just that. I want to be able. There's there's like some ways. There's some ways you can organize it so that the you can find the questions quicker and get involved in the conversation in a way that still allows you to find conversations in the future. And I think there's there might be a couple things I can do, but yeah, I'm trying to ride that fine line between um, limiting it so the questions questions are there and then yeah that that too um (laughs) you know the power is intoxicating what they say is real um but yeah that fine line between allowing some conversation but not having it just be like overwhelming because like if there's an interesting question in theory i would like you know people to be like hey let's bring it over to talk counter where we can have this conversation in depth uh and then the ama channel still remains kind of open so people can see questions that we've been asked but um not the biggest deal in the world you know it's uh it's obviously nice, as you said, having a bunch of activities. So yeah, it's cool. It's sweet. Are we going to go through some of the questions? Like, how do you guys want to address today? Because obviously news has happened since our last episode. I don't know. Is there anything leaping off the page that you guys want to... Yeah, there's been a little bit, but nothing crazy. Uh, Preezy is following Cloud9's footsteps and going operless uh, with Dupree. Yeah. Yep. Um, Stiko's back yeah. to Apex on a short-term deal. Oh, this is like headlines. This is like Trace from Space. I'm going headlines, yeah, right now. I'm just... Okay, yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, Hampus has joined Bleed. Kassad brought him over to the dark side. All right, all right. I like it. What, what, what just because you're going to... There will be some questions. Why Why is it the dark side? Is like Kassad like a Sith Lord or something? Yeah, like, basically. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's destroying everything. He's come in and he's just dis- disrupting <laughs> oh, chaos. He's taken down agents on his Kassad, path. He's AKA taken on organiza- black organizations. Hole. He's already eliminated EG. He now he's taking on in. agencies. Yeah, he's, he's fucking getting in there. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. I don't, Kassad the Sith Bro, Lord. All right, I don't simple, mind simple in one interview said that he could be better than Nico with the rifle and also said that he thinks Bit can be at the same level of Nico's prime. So yeah, that's out there well, in the world. Uh, that was with that Duncan, was with Duncan right? Yep. If you want to go and check that one out. Reflections with Thor. So, is this you baiting yeah. me, Jason? <laughs> Am I supposed to buy on this? <laughs> yeah, what do you think you about that? You don't have to, but you know, it's, what's your opinion? Well, boringly, my opinion is that, of course, Simple's, Simple should think that because Simple is Simple. He thinks he can be the, he has the attitude of whatever I decide to do, I could be best at it. You know, which is probably, not probably, it is how, what your attitude should be. And actually, I don't really, I don't even like question it so much. I'm sure he could be. But when it comes to bit, I think only time will tell. Like mechanically, he's very skilled. It's only like, okay, as he, I think something that Simple talked a lot about, I didn't finish the second part, but I I, I listened to the whole first part. I think Simple, there's a great, 
I mean, point he makes, and he talks a lot about it, about him and Electronic and Zaiwu and Nico and, you know, these players, what separates them from others isn't really their mechanics, which are obviously very on a high level and they have to be, but it's the understanding of the game, right? And like just sort of being one step ahead of other players on the server, understanding like what's going on, what your opponents are trying to do and positioning yourself in a great way, like something that we talked about with Simple, for example, on Nuke, it was always like kind of he's always like where the action is, but that's not by accident. You know, like when he decides to jump <clears throat> on the A bomb side from heaven, like, oh, that's when they're funnily enough, they're doing an A split or trying to end on, on, on the upper bomb side, right? Like that doesn't happen by accident. It's like he's doing that for a reason, you know, and that's the one thing where, you know, with Bit, it's still too early to 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 tell whether. Sure. Well, he's or he's, yeah, well, he's still developing that, I feel like, to an extent. To be honest, like, on <clears throat> first glance, you know, Bit seems more just like a turret, you know, like a guy who's just incredibly mechanically skilled, and you need to sort of position him and put him in certain places, and you can get a lot out of him, but there's certain things he's very good at, but he's not maybe as versatile as some of the other players, but I mean that was a lot of players at the start of their careers, you know? Like, that stuff just grows over time for some, not for all, so... Yeah. We'll see. I haven't, the fact, I haven't that, Simple, the fact that Simple stays, that tells you a lot about, you know, how he uh, looks at Bit and that he holds him in, in high regard. Yeah, I, I haven't had a chance to listen to any of it yet. I've uh, kind of just been slacking off. I got to get back into it. Today, I, st I got back into the Counter-Strike again today. I started playing some Deathmatch and doing the refrag stuff again. It's been a, a long time between drinks because I think I was only back from Australia for like two days before I went to Germany. So I only got back here like a day and a half ago and I'm fighting off sickness from the you know, my partner's kids that I was... My partner doesn't have kids. My partner's cousin's kids that I was hanging out with. And I say partner, my girlfriend. What, uh, anyway, regardless... Yeah, your girlfriend's uh, boyfriend's kids. Yeah, that's the one. That's the yeah, yeah. I'm cocked out of my mind. Um, but at Christmas time, and they were all sick, so I'm like battling this. I've got you know how you can feel the phlegm like building up inside, yeah. you just like mm. that, yeah. You feel and it it's there, but I'm not. I'm not coughing or anything. I don't have a headache. I don't have body aches. So I'm just staying mega hydrated, trying to hope that this shit doesn't fucking get to me because I don't want to get sick. She's fucking sick, staying awake all night, coughing and shit. I don't want that to happen. Um, so. I'm doing my darndest to be able to avoid that. I even slept in a different bed last night because she just coughing so much I couldn't fucking sleep. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. Oh, that makes me sound heartless. I'm looking at, I'm, I'm doing the right stuff, all right? Looking after numero uh, uno. Who am I arguing with? No, well, no, I'm looking after her too. It's just that I, I didn't, I, I wanted to get some sleep. Sleep's important. Uh, sleep's very important. I want to get, you know, my six to seven or eight hours, something like that. Anywhere between that is pretty good. Um. Anyway, I'll stop rambling. Right, yeah, there was that uh, one guy on that one podcast that talked about how sleep is very important and you should all watch that. Yeah, it scared and the I shit out of me. Yeah, especially with all the plane Jason shit. I know, the plane shit, the drinking shit, all of it. I was just, I was like, I can't <sighs> listen to this. It's, it's Wait, I can't fly and I can't drink? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I like drink when, while I'm flying. Like, that's the best part. Yeah. Mate, the cool thing about flying, uh, I was with, I think it was, it was Emirates and they have the, like the bar. That's mm. that's such like a fun. Luxury, I haven't I haven't had that yet. I want that so bad. I want it. I so didn't bad. actually use it. I'm not a, as you guys know. Like I'm not a massive drinker or anything. I just kind of went there and like looked around. I was like, oh, there's a couch here. You gotta have the you novelty. Out, but you had TV. you surely had like one cocktail, right? Like you're like, oh, nah, uh, uh. nah. 
I just went back and went to sleep. Jeez. I know. It feels wasted, doesn't it? But <laughs> it, yeah, it does feel wasted. I guess I'll have to do it again just so I yeah. can. Yeah, uh, shame. <laughs> what a shame. We just have to do yeah. it one more time. Yeah, that sucks. Wait, anyway, are we going to go through some of these AMA yeah, yeah, yeah. questions? Let's or, do it. Wait, I'm just... Yeah. just yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, First? The, the bleed thing, right? Okay, Hampus is in there. I will say one the thing. The Sith Lords. Though. I will say yeah. one thing. Like... Because Ksat also said, you know, like, first thing, I'm going to f- need to find an opera and an IGL, right? Yep. Okay, we know the IGL. The opposite of the Cloud9 strategy. Bro, the who he picked as an opera, like, I, for one... Oh, don't I, do that to everybody, I Yanko. completely disagree, you know. But if in some fucking wild way he turns out to be right, the amount of faith he's shown in this guy, for me, is completely unwarranted right but if it somehow works out like this dude should give kasat i don't know like half his salary or all the sticker money or half his what you know what i mean surely kasat's like, got him cheap though right we don't we don't, know, we don't know who it is Bro, though, the right? dude's free well we do we do know who it is yeah but i, I, I mean, don't know, you know i'm not gonna yeah i'm not gonna break the news here you know i'll like, message you on steam Jason. yeah what the hell? We, we so left out of this conversation that's right i'll message you right now we, we won't we won't yeah. say who it it's is it's us europeans you know who know it but you know <laughs> once you guys see it you'll understand why we're like once it's public Ooh, but- that is spicy <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to throw him off the scent, I mean, no, I mean, You're trying to throw him off the scent. No, no, but that is that is actually good. It is spicy because what is spice? Spice is like, you know, the feeling you have when you eat like spicy hot food. That's not like a taste. Spice is not a taste. It's just pain that you inflict <laughs> on your, you know, tongue or, or, or whatever. That's your body in pain when you eat spicy food. You know, it's not like you have sweet, sour, whatever. Those are like tastes, you know. Spice is like pain. Yeah, spice is like pain that you inflict upon yourself. And that's what Kasad is doing to his team. <laughs> with his dude. Oh my god. In my opinion. That okay. mean, that's just dude. I think if you gave me three months, I could be more useful. But I like this. We have see. we have a we have Yanko on the record before the announcement even comes out. This is great. This is Yeah, yeah I think it's dog shit. I think it's really <laughs> bad. But <laughs> I know, and then even when Kasad was like on desks and his name would come up or he would bring him up, I was like, dude, you're high. Like, I think I actually told him, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Dude, you that guy is trash. Saying Kasad was on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> Not was, is. <laughs> Still fucking is- doing it, bro. I don't know now. He's probably too stressed out to remember to, you know, to inject himself. In. Yeah. Exactly. But maybe it's TRT, you know, maybe it's it's, it's replacement therapy. We, we're all getting a bit older. Maybe we need it. I haven't had my test levels. Bro, before. he needs so many interventions, like surgeries. Like, you know, it's like, where would you even start with that guy? <laughs> oh, the hair. Do we know when the announcement's coming out? When, the, when, when they're going to announce it? I don't know. I'm guessing soon because I, I think I saw I didn't even I, I didn't listen to it yet. He did a podcast in Serbian. Um, where he said that they're starting like boot camp on the third of January with a new team, so you know that's like a wow. that's like five days from now, six days. Okay, yeah, that's real. That's soon. next week, so you know. And I think it's like I, I don't know who who they because the fifth was still a little bit up in the air, but the rest of it is kind of you know on one side it's like I can see why that's the roster. You know, I mean, you could, I mean, everyone can tell, you know, from his outings on twitter and shit that he's like you know unhappy with the situation in terms of what people are asking for for different players and whatnot but 
it's kind of one of those lineups where there's a way it's actually in a way a big kind of challenge for him because I feel like that lineup is the one where with coaching they have enough talent and with good coaching it can elevate them to a level where they can you know qualify for the major potentially you always need a little bit of luck especially when you have to go through the open qualifiers and whatnot but you know like if you can make it work but it's also, you know, can you build yeah, that chemistry? And it is going to be rough. Yeah, I'm just going to say, I think it's a pretty cool pickup. I'm not okay. going to lie to you. I think it's pretty cool. I don't. We can't go. We can't what, go super in depth. It? No, but he yeah. does this every oh, man. time, man. No, no, like, no. Whenever, yeah, I'm, whenever okay. I'm, whenever I'm hungover, he like <laughs> sort of tries to just poke the bear and tries to antagonize me and gets me to fucking rant and you know go crazy and like. Uh, I just want to say I fucking like the pickup, you know. I think it's yeah. a cool pickup. I think right. there's a lot. I think there's a lot of good, positive reasons for this. I think it's a, a little. Oh, we're gonna have to revisit this once it's public. Yeah, yeah exactly. These reasons. It's kind yeah. of. I would love it. It's also oh, unfair a little bit to the, I guess, the listeners because you know they have no idea yeah, who the fuck true. we're talking about. We're just sitting here. I know, but that's shit. half the fun. We get to build up anticipation. Now, when the announcement drops, they're gonna be like, "Oh, fuck yeah, bro!" <laughs> I think the, the, there's bigger chances for like this dude to sort of like quit mid-tournament then there is for <laughs> oh him to actually God. be good. Like that All guy right. who retired from the NFL during halftime like a couple of years ago. <laughs> the dude just didn't come out of the locker room. I think He's it can be this guy as well. He can realize like I'm actually, I am actually and then, and then we get complete dog shit. And, and then we get Kassad you know. stepping in for the second half which would be equally fucking entertaining. It would be hilarious. He'd probably, you know, hurt himself afterwards but, you know. Uh, at the well, time, it maybe, would be entertaining. Because we want to do like a, we sh- maybe we get Kassad to come on the episode with us, Janko, when we're in Serbia for in a couple of weeks' time. That could that could be fun. I'd love we to could. be the mediator between the two of you having that conversation. That would be that could be quite entertaining indeed. Uh, well, we have to work something out for a couple of weeks' time. Can we do it in your in your boot camp center? Uh, is there space? We Should we can, find another location? Is it, is we can, your home? No, I can. We can. I, I'll sort something out. Don't worry about it. Like okay. we'll figure something out. I think actually it, right. on those days we have like we're full booked. But there's there's a space somewhere. Yeah, there's always a way. Yeah, yeah, there's a way. Yeah, runs Belgrade, so you're fine. Yeah. Um, that's, that's good news. Let's move on to some uh, some Discord questions. I'm just gonna. I like there was one in here I really like, Jason. Okay, yeah, go on. And I and and it's curious because this would be about the three of us. It's never happened with the three of us, I don't think. Uh, where are we here? Where are we here? Where the fuck was it? I scrolled too far, man. Oh, you really do love um, this question. Yeah, it is a good one. Once I find it, yeah, take your time. Uh. uh Fuck, where did oh here we go. It's Andy. Have you guys ever beefed with each other or blocked slash ghost to one another? Surely with the long history, some things have gone down before. With the three of us, I don't think so. I'm the most unreasonable. So I, sometimes I, can, I get I can, heated and I think the I can remember one. With us? With me and you, Chad. What happened? In the in the dark hours <laughs> of uh, of Bucharest, Romania during the America's RMR. I don't remember You're, this. You don't remember this at all? It wasn't it wasn't no. it wasn't anything bad. It was like a little five minute thing. But we were like we were a doing we were thing. doing like the America's RMR broadcast, which was being was run. Was it desk? Um Yeah, but we were, were it, it wasn't during a live segment. So we were that I think it was I think it was the Columbus major, or maybe no, it was Krakow. It had to have been Krakow. We were at the PGL studios in, in Bucharest and um 
the America's RMR was taking place at like bumfuck hours. It was like 9 p.m. start time that was like ending at like 5 a.m. And it was like a series of like three days of doing that schedule. And then Fuck. and then something like I remember like one night like Valve dropped a Counter-Strike update at like three in the morning. So it delayed the 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 games by like an hour and a half. So then we were up till like 7 a.m. Um, but that was the one where you turned to me and called me a fucking goblin king. And I was like <laughs> at the edge, edge of the fucking line. I was like exhausted. We'd done like a bunch of events in a row. It was like four in the morning update drops. I'm going to be up for another like three hours. And I was just like, I'd, I'd hit the wall and you fucking kept going at me, calling me a goblin king. It's the most petty fucking thing. And I just had to get up and leave. I just like, walked outside. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember that part, but he was really fucking sticking the needles in as the night got deeper and deeper you and, I was, and i was just like fuck it i'm out i was i was getting but so Jason, mad was this before or after you ruined my relationship with worms <laughs> it was after i ruined your relationship with worms <laughs> i like how i'm just laughing because jason is bringing up this thing from six fucking years ago goblin king so you can tell it's got. really like That's it all really stings it really stings we haven't Why had any goblin king hitting you so hard i don't know i have no idea I, I, what I, do you even think a goblin king is? I don't know. I have, I have no clue. I mean, wasn't I that Alex's I, I nickname? It was. We nicknamed I mean, not Alex nickname, that, but like you know, yeah, we we called Alex that for a while after Dubai in 2015 is where that one popped up. But I don't know why it hit me so hard at that event. I again, I was just like at the end of the fucking line. <laughs> I was just I was on my last. I had to leave the room. I just I got up and I was Before like, I know I'm going to say something stupid. Chad, that's gonna... <laughs> what that means. Before he threw hands at you. Considering the shit Jason's been called by other people since then, <laughs> like Harry Harry went hard on him on air. When he didn't even have a fucking microphone and couldn't know, answer that back. Was, and that was so lowbrow. That was so lowbrow. That, again, also at like three in the fucking morning doing some America's <laughs> event out of NA. Like, what's wrong with you people? Could you just let me chill when we're at you these events? You said I wasn't even on air. When I'm getting no sleep. Can everyone just take a break? Fuck. Jason needs his sleep too, by the sounds of things. No, but I, I, I sometimes, I'm sorry, Jason, that I it's set okay. you off. I didn't mean to, you know, I didn't mean to. It's okay. Um, no, but I usually get a little bit like, I get mega emotionally pissed off at certain things and I just fucking rant real hard. And Jason normally is on the other end of the rants, but they're never usually directed at Jason. It's like, Jason, I'm at the end of my tether. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to, I'm going to go nuclear. You're going to unleash, yeah. And, yeah. and then I don't. So I just kind of vent and Jason has Well, to that was, it. that was, that was in the heyday of you and your, in your, um, spoon stirring. You had your wooden spoon out. Remember you used to, you used to love to do oh, that. Oh, I was the, the king. Yeah. I was the king of stirring the pot. Chad would see but like two like people fun. like going at each other and he would just like lob grenades from a distance. He'd just like throw in a couple comments so that he knows is going to tilt someone and just kind of step back. Throw a couple barbs in there, see how she goes. But no, I think, uh, Yanko, do you think anything between us? I don't think so. No, I think I'm just like, an, I can really be an asshole sometimes. And it's not easy to be my friend. I can just be a pain <laughs> in the ass from time you just, to time. Well, you just cut so, through stuff. True, but sometimes I can just be like fucking annoying. Well, I guess we all can. Yeah, yeah, but you know, but... Like people who like we've known each other for a long time, so you know, like when I'm, you know, that I'm direct. I'm not an asshole, right? But for someone that yeah. like, you know, like for example, I had to kind of explain it to Harry when I'm talking to him. It's like, you know, don't take this the wrong way. You know, I'm just like sort of, I don't want to bullshit you. You know, I'm just telling you kind of the way it is. Yeah, the way it is in a in a sense, right? Like because I want to, you know, help you out or something. I don't know, whatever. But no, we didn't have really like beef ever it's just sometimes like you know i think like 
you know, we might disagree on something and I'll tell you like, Chad, you're like fucking, it's like you're wrong, you know, like, and it's bullshit or something like that. Right. But it's never really. No any... significant substantial issues with each other, but we've had our, our little things. Bro, well, when, with you, other when people, you spend so much fucking time together, especially on the road, like, you know, like Jason said, five, six years ago when we had three tournaments in a row on three different continents, you know, it doesn't matter who it is, like, someone's gonna snap. I mean, we even had a meme around, it was a joke, it's like, whose turn is it to have a meltdown at an event, you know, like, everyone yeah. has, like, a meltdown, obviously, unless you're James Bardolph, it's not on air. <laughs> um it happens like behind the scenes but you know and that's fine you just say oh jason's yeah. having a meltdown it's his turn actually that was funny when jason had it one because jason is the most reasonable probably out of all of us you know the the adult so when jason did have a meltdown it was like oh he is actually jason's having a meltdown that's interesting <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I, I didn't know that it was actually to us all i know that could i was wondering if that could actually happen but yeah if you call him a Goblin King at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah, you know it's going to happen now. <laughs> now you I guess it. that was, yeah. All it took. I can't even remember that. That, that, event, that event was a mess. I think every, that was, that was actually, I probably shouldn't tell that story. <laughs> that was the that event. was one of my first that was, events. That was, the, uh, that was the event Anders came up with his famous game in the green room. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, well, look, it is, that's it gotten us through on. many green rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah see, he still loves that one. Oh, we yeah, played a lot in Katowice during like the pro leagues when it was only the three of us there for hours. And that's a hard game to play in Katowice and that giant ass. Well, it's really not. But you guys all had your own green rooms. <laughs> yeah. So that would have been real fun. You yeah. get into the you're shouting over the walls. Yeah, bro, just lacking imagination. So fucking Jane that, that we didn't even watch the games together. Like everyone went to their own room. Yeah, their own green room. Like chilled <laughs> and we would just, you know, do the do the segment together and that but you know it. that could have made the segments better though because you guys wouldn't have been discussing things as it was happening and everybody oh, would have been receiving off, it slightly different <laughs> I'm trying to look for the silver lining here oh, half the time I didn't even bother watching the games that was like Fuck that was like no. four in months depth, balls you know, deep into COVID like, I, I get in and then something breaks and we have like 45 seconds to talk and it's like what can I even do here nothing and it's like fucking I don't know end point versus Team one, who are both O and four at the time, is like, oh yeah, this is a fucking stunner. All right, that's where notes came from, all right, Yanka. And that's why now we're doing pro league in a different way. God bless. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how that turns out this year. I'm interested to see what unfolds there. Um, um, another another yeah. no, what do you got? Another Jason? question. Uh, how would you all rate the transition to CS2 on a scale of one to ten? Mm. Okay. That's a, a broad question. Um, broad, but you can well, take I, it anywhere. I, I, the first well, yeah. instinct I had was a five. It's like, it's, okay. it's not great. It could be much better. It could also be worse. I think it's okay. Like, it's not horrendous. There's obviously things to improve. And I think it's just fucking like to do it. Fucking cheating. It's just like, you know. Yeah. It's something that really, it's such an, it's actually fucking crazy that we're sitting here dis discussing that's even a thing you know in our world where we're like oh we have fucking cheaters it's like how would you how why would anyone push through that you know like if you're a new player or like if you want to just play casually have fun and every other game doesn't matter let's say it's even in let's say it's even in one in five games for me that's that's you know 20 percent of your games you have cheaters who ruin the game for you like that's way too high you know so i think i understand that 
mechanics of it in a sense of the more the the, the anti cheat is better, the more it intrudes on your PC, right? And the deeper it goes, and they don't want to do that. But I don't fucking. We were a fucking multi billion dollar company. Fucking figure it out. I don't give a fuck. You know. Well, that's the thing. There haven't been any major updates in that regard. So, I, you know, the speculation is that there's something coming, but that that's the thing. So is Christmas. Well, they're never. They're, they're never. They're never going to ever tell us when they update the anti cheat. Never. It's, it's no. Why would they? So I mean, you know, there could have been updates that we don't know about, but we also know Valve do that thing where they don't they don't ban cheaters immediately. They want to gather a number of people. They don't want they don't want the the people developing the cheats to know when something they've changed in their program is is actually detected. They want to catch a giant batch of it rather than ban them one by one and and let the adaptations come faster. So well, there will be eventually like a, a massive, massive ban wave. wave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the problem is, and I think this cheating thing is also the same with the with the game, with the transition overall, is we're suffering now for something that will hopefully be better in the future. It's the same thing with the transition from CSGO to CS2. Like when we were in the office, Jason, talking to the devs, the concept was to make the game as close to CSGO as possible because what they had there was something that was, you know, the pinnacle of Counter-Strike uh, as far as things have gone over the years, right? It definitely had its issues. I don't think anybody would say that CSGO didn't have its issues and Spaghetti Goat being a, a big part of that and, and why we needed to transition because we kind of reached the capacity of what was possible on that engine. And now by being on a new engine and being able to do new things, it means that we're probably going to be able to keep this game alive for another 10 years. But we are suffering in the short term, right? Yeah. So right now, I think the the player numbers are down. There's still issues with, you know, bits and bobs within the game. I see people posting about bugs all the time. Um, and it doesn't... Uh, Bubsky made a tweet yesterday, which I think was pretty fair. He said, uh, I, and I quote, I don't think CS2 is a bad game at all. It just feels 10 to 15, 10 to 15% worse than CSGO. Uh, this is my biggest frustration. And that's that's the problem as well. I think I had this, this mindset where I was like, okay, they were going to release like a finished game. And that's obviously not what happened at all like this isn't a finished game we're going through a lot of teething issues i would think a couple of months ago i was labeling this as like an open beta um so now everybody's getting a chance to test it and they're getting a lot of feedback and that's that is where one of my biggest frustrations lies we were in such a good spot and everything felt like it was moving along but this change was necessary and now we've had this change and it's going to take a while before we get back to where we were but if we can get back to where we were, like within a reasonable sense, everything is not going to be exactly the same, even if they want it to be. Uh, things are just going to be slightly different. The the option to have you know exponentially more things available to the game would be great. And I'm sure once we roll around to the major and they drop the new skins and they drop the stickers and hopefully they drop an operation. Like, I don't know. I'm 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 really probably just after the major shit right now. Yeah. Yeah. But that you know we'll probably be back with some really good numbers. But for now, and same as the cheating thing. We're kind of getting the short end of the dick, as it were, and uh, just having to sit here might, and, and take uh, take some say some issues. This might be like I don't know if this will be controversial, but I imagine there'll be a decent amount of, of disagreement. I would I would put the transition at like a seven, um, and, okay. I, and I say that as someone who's especially recently been extremely frustrated with the cheater issues because I've gotten a ton of them. In fact, Scrawny and I yesterday played like four games; three of them had cheaters in them. In our fourth game, we just said, "Fuck it, we're switching to face it." Um, we, we're just done with we're done with the premiere experience. Um, but if you look at, I mean, this is also from the perspective of someone who um, I don't give a fuck about extra content. I don't give a fuck about like operations. I don't give a fuck about wingman. All I care about is Counter Strike esports and five v five. And as someone who's been through the That's transition, what it's servicing right now, and yeah. and as someone who's been through the transition of one point six to Source, I was there when CZ came out. I was there when CSGO came out. This has been the best handled one. It's been the cleanest swap over to CS two, and obviously they forced it. Um, 
But I, but I think on top of everything, like this is, this is, I think it's a very fun game to play, even with the issues and even with some of the problems that there's been. Um, I think Valve have done like a pretty, pretty damn good job of getting it over. And I don't know how, I don't know how this swap could have been necessarily better. You know, like I don't, I don't know when you have a game of this scale that has this many players across the entire world. I don't know if you're ever going to be able to release a game on that level. That's not going to have tons of bugs that are found. Um, I don't think you're ever going to be able to like have some kind of a release of a game that's not going to have these these similar kinds of issues. I think the biggest problem we have right now is is this cheating problem, and I have confidence that over time Valve is going to be able to fix that. So I think they've done actually a, a, a pretty damn good job with with this switchover. Yeah, I think the problem when comparing, though, is the other games still existed. Like 1.6 still yeah. existed and Source still existed. So there was still the option for people who, uh, not like you, but, who but, had the need for the extra content. Or the, not, not the need, the want. And, and that, that's, like a, that's like a very like rosy way to look at it. But also, people don't necessarily take into account how many problems that caused in the community. Yeah, the splits you know? in the community, yeah, for sure. That caused a lot of issues. And especially when we wanted to transition the skins and all of the, the microtransactionable items across, right? It wouldn't have been possible. We would have just left everything with CSGO uh, and then had to redo everything in, in CS2 and that would have crashed the whole like economy of the skin market, which is probably why everyone's a bit skittish over there with that. So I think from that angle, like it's it's pretty reasonable. But there are some problems that people are highlighting regularly that... Um, either can't be or won't be updated. You know, the big ones, you still see people under every single Valve update saying, oh, seal, Bob, and left hand. I don't know if those are pipe dreams, but it, I think Bob definitely is. I think, I think left Bob hand, is. I don't know. I think left hand, you can make an argument for why left handed should be in the game, but maybe it's not possible as someone who has no idea about coding anything. It would, it would be mind blowing to me if that was actually not possible. But it, yeah, well, the speculation is like a shadow thing, right? If it was something that was hard set, I think I've discussed this before. Like if it was hard set when you entered the game, like you could not change from left to right hand models unless you like left the game, right? Because it would just be constantly set. So when people looked at your model, they would see that you were holding stuff in your left hand as opposed to your right. And that would be like a permanent thing of your model. Um, then, then maybe, but I, I'm not sure. Like, I, I really have no idea. I'm talking out of my ass completely. So, um, I, I don't know if they will introduce it. It's just weird with some of these feet. Well, are they features? I guess they are features. Like, I don't know. One, one thing though, I made a tweet, right? I'm talking about like an operation before Christmas and did a poll. And most, obviously most people said no way in the world. And one guy had re replied to that. And this is a little bit to do with your, uh, extra content uh sentiment jason i love this tweet so much and this guy says his, his name was creamy he says why do people want busy work so bad just go get 15 kills on mp7 in deathmatch right now <laughs> it's actually <laughs> such a good tweet it's such a good tweet yeah, you could set it's all so those good. goals i remember when the operations were dropping it like we would actually play some of those operations when we were when we were traveling or had access to a pc and i remember playing some of those and we'd be like what the fuck is this operation? I have to get like I, I have to get like twenty auto sniper kills on this specific map. Like this this isn't <laughs> content. This is like no. like what are we doing? Like why why are we missing all that stuff? Yeah, I I, I think stuff. So like but, Danger Zone obviously was something I played a lot of. That's a whole different game mode, right? So that's that's something that and it's a pretty small select group of people who play that. So I'm not really even too upset about that myself. That's all good. But is it, is, is it, it is. Well, well, I would make the argument that like, I mean, there's so much fucking content in Counter-Strike just because every game is completely fucking different, you know, like. Yeah, that, but not everybody wants to play 5v5 or Wingman. Yeah. You know, like. Weirdos. I, I know, Jason, I know, I know. 
but uh, this, people have different ways is, of enjoying This it. is very much where I have like the boomer perspective because I came in the era of video games where it was like, here's the video game. It's coming on a CD and this is it. This is all you'll ever get. Yes. You're never going to get anything more than this unless they release an expansion pack like four years from now. Um, but this is this is the content. Like you, we don't need to have an update every single month. We don't need to add something. We don't need to have seasons every few months that reset. Um, so for me, I'm just kind of like, I still kind of live mentally in that in that space. Yeah. Okay, so you said a seven. Yanko, what did you give it, a five? Yeah. I'll just give it a six, just so we have five, six, seven. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, that makes it work. One to three, easily. one to three. Yeah, you're really yeah, in these sequential numbers today. I like it. It's all about the numbers, man. Um, numbers. Here's another one. What is What CSGO lineup was the biggest what if, in your opinion? So this is a lineup that existed, but didn't last long enough. It got cut a little bit short. When did you feel like it had a little bit more potential to give? Blah, blah, blah. In recent history, the Cloud9 one, Right, sure. I, I, I like obviously it flopped, but I think Shiro self demoting that's kind of fucking wild to me. Um, I think that speaks a lot to to the roster. Uh, this is one where you have to kind of scratch your head and think back a little bit, right? It, it, it this is not such an easy question just to answer out the gates. I've so got Cloud9 uh, one in recent history. You got one? I, I think way back, I would say the I by Power lineup from NA that got cut short by oh, the before they got banned. Yeah, before they got banned uh, <laughs> for the throwing. But I mean, if you go back and look at that lineup, that was all the best players in North America when North America was just starting to like build a couple teams that could start to challenge and upset some of the European squads. That was like the and a dream team that that formed that was like ready to go um what was it skadoodle dazed steel swag and hiko like that's actually at the time that that formed that's actually a sick team that could have that could have challenged to go deep in towards majors and that was that was the entire goal of it you had great tactical minds and was azk part of that oh yeah azk was who is he who is he in place of swag that's a good question Swag must have been part of it, right? Because he got banned. Oh, so, yeah, so did AZK. AZK, Skadoodle, Swag, Dazed, and... Oh, this is... Where is this from? Well, Hiko was, Hiko was meant to join, right? But then a bunch of they, them... No, they played like... that When Hiko joined, they played together for like a month before they got banned. So maybe someone did leave the team after the fact. I can't remember exactly how that, how that worked. I'm trying to look back now and just see like when the matches were... Because Hiko, Hiko matches, wasn't part of the match that they actually threw. So he had to have yeah, joined right, for somebody. It, it was AZK, Skadoodle, Hiko, Swag, Days. Okay, so Steel right Steel got dropped eventually after that after that situation. Yeah, but but still he okay. caught the ban. So Steel yep. was with them when during the throw, and then Nitro and Adren were on the I by Power roster for a while there. Yeah, at an international. Well, was that an international event? playing at ESCA Invite Season Seventeen Global Finals? Yeah, that was against that was Fnatic and stuff. Yep, Denial. Denial, denial. Who's Shazam, Naf, Fugly, Anger, Daps? Looking at some of these old NA, I know they're crazy. Kind of wild, isn't it? They're fucking crazy. Especially to see where the players are today. Mouse Spaz, damn. Tarek, Cutler, Hazed, PTR, FNS, CLG lineup. I mean, they went to CLG after. I have, I have another one that was kind of cool. Was that the Was that the series? Was that the one that they shouldn't? Was it the different one that they threw? Yeah, anyway, sorry, Jason. I, another one that I, that I, I mean, this might be a personal thing, but I always thought this lineup was super interesting and I think it could have had potential, although I don't think it, it obviously like didn't feel like it was going to last long even when it was formed because it was so, it was so weird, but it was like the automatic Flusha Kiyoshima lineup mm. of Cloud9 that played at, at Katowice in 2019. Yeah. Are you, are you trying to wind me up? What's up? What? What you got? Wasn't that the Cloud9 roster I got like, I had my whole like rant about. 
I don't know. I think I've got Alzheimer's. Maybe. I don't remember. It could have been. Anymore. What was the rant it about? <laughs> it's just about like someone in chat was fucking goading me about the Cloud9 roster and I thought they were dog shit. <laughs> maybe it was. Uh, maybe it was maybe it was a mix of players along those lines. Was, it was it, 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 it came together in such a weird fashion that I don't think it ever felt like it was going to get off the ground. But I think like there was some potential there, and I think watching them play at Katowice, they had some close games against strong teams as well. So we that was always that, that was always yeah that was always a team that I wanted to see have a little bit more time and just see what could come from it. It just never felt like that was actually a team put together to be together for like a year, you know, like it seemed like that was a team that was just kind of thrown together just for, just for some funsies, just for the lulls. I think mm. we played them a lot at the start of that year. We played them at that E-League tournament and in Karovice and somewhere else. And they were tough to play against, man. They were a, a good team from one of the, I guess, a little bit of underrated teams. That, that's when Automatic was open and, yeah. you know, he was efficient on it. Flasha, pain in the ass as always. Um, always making the correct decisions. So, yeah, I think it was a good team. I think for me, actually, I mean, it, it is the MIBR lineup that Terrence, <laughs> we that I was a part of. Yeah, because I think if we managed to like win a tournament earlier, like we had a chance to, we should have won like Blast Istanbul against Astralis in the final, and that was like in the first month or two months that I was oh, with the yeah. team, I think <clears throat> if that had happened, I, I think it would have really boosted the confidence of the players and the team and then, you know, given them belief kind of in the whole project. <clears throat> and I think that that's a big what if for me because we had like a lot of close series with Astralis, like, you know, we beat them in the groups then we end up losing to them in the finals. I mean, I remember even at the time I was like disappointed with our results, but we were, you know, we would like lose to Astralis in the final a couple of times, or we were, we lost in the semifinals of the London major to Navi um, and something like that. And now in, in, you know, looking back, it was actually like, we had like pretty good results. It's just that I thought like with the players and everything, like, you know, you have a chance to be the best in the world. And then in, in, in the end, like, that's why they made the change, you know, and went back to full Brazilian because they felt, you know, that's what needed to happen for them to have a better chance of doing that. But in, in the end, it was a, a, there, there was a, a lot more factors than just having yeah. to speak English or just having, like, Stewie and Tarek there. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think for me, that's really, like, what if if we had a couple of things if they if they happened a little bit differently i mean that could have been a a pretty good team did you see fallen got married and streamed it yesterday well i don't know he did, he personally didn't stream it but it was on his channel Bro, had like a full camera crew I there and stuff i can't believe it man i saw, <laughs> I saw, I saw it he got married or? i saw it i saw it like, Mad you didn't get the invite no. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's no. Sad. I thought he was married for like t I, that dude was married ten years ago. He just didn't know. It. But, but bro, you're streaming it. It's like, come on, man, give me a break. And like, I can probably like, I it's probably not even him. Like, it's not like that. He like thought, oh, this is a good like. Let's do this. It's good for business. It's probably his like fucking whoever brother or someone who's like you know working with the company is like, hey, you know, you mind if you do this or whatever, like. It could be cool like for the brand you know for the brand believe me believe me and he's just like you know whatever 
But Dude, the stream probably paid for the wedding. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I, I know, but like, you don't need that. Like, money. He has money, you know. Like he doesn't need that. It's like, come on. Yeah, man. but how do rich like, people stay be, rich, Janko? Yeah, I don't buy that. It's like, <laughs> you know, there should be a line somewhere. It's like not everything should, you know. You don't need to monetize. Fuck, you need. You don't need to fucking monetize your wedding. Jesus Christ, you know. And I would if I could. You know, so it's like, I I think it was kind of. All right, I don't so know how to use it. Like Kassad, Kassad doesn't like birthdays and Yanko doesn't like weddings being streamed. Yeah, slash monetized. Same thing. Slash monetized. <laughs> Put that in the Basically, same fucking the basket. Same Why don't you do this? Jesus. That's the same thing. Oh, dude. Same thing for sure. Um, lads, I got to quickly run to the bathroom. I'm drinking too much water. I'll be right back. Sure. Yeah, wait a minute. I'm not drinking enough water, bro. Yeah, get, get some aqua in your water life. Last night. I have a yeah, pineapple yeah. and passion fruit sparkling water right here. Doesn't be you any good, but I just thought I'd throw it out there. No, I mean, yeah, awesome. Is that like, did you make it yourself or is that like comes in? Nah, you buy it in cans. In cans? Yeah. Wow. Very environmentally conscious of you, Jason. Yeah, I get to recycle it. And here in Michigan, you get 10 cents back for every can you return to the store. So, you know, you just gather up a big, uh, big pile of them and and spend, uh, spend 20 minutes putting cans back in the machines. It's a great time. Fucking exciting, man. <laughs> I know. You're I'm living the dream. <laughs> um, here's another one that we can get started on well, in the chat. I'll get back and chime in. Uh, for the boys, current mouse and mouse pad combo, and how important is mouse choice really at the top level of CS? Any stories of pros with weird mouse and pad choices? I think, first of all, I think mouse, mouse pad, it's all preference. You know, and what happens always is, you know, Young players copy whatever, you know, like like everyone yep. starts out with simple settings and then you adjust along the way or whatever. That's why like everyone uses, you know, the mouse. Back in the day, it was QCK, Steel Series, the heavy ones, right? And then you realize this fucking thing is way too thick and way too slow and people move on and whatnot. I think one of the interesting ones when it comes to the pros, whatever they're using, I think it's nothing. Um, he used to play on a hard pad. <clears throat> yeah one of the, the the few players who did it. Not only that, because you know Logitech was the sponsor or whatever, he would just get a new, a new one for each. I don't know if it was like tournament or even for match, like for, you know, when yeah. he's at a LAN, like for every game, he would just get a new one, uh, open it up and play on it. Yeah, I used to use, I used a hard pad when I was competing back in the day. Um, I haven't really? done that. Yeah, in a long time. Like, that was, like, 2003. Maybe that's why, you know, that was a peak of my powers. Maybe I should go back to it. Do they even make hard pads anymore? Someone sure does. I know there was a guy who pitched me or or, or someone pitched me, like, they were doing hard pads, but out of some fucking, like, I don't know if it's glass or something. It's like a, it's a, it's like a weird, the material, like, you know, it was yeah, something there's... weird. And I was like, how will this work? But... It was made like in a special way, so it's like you know, there's no problems with sensors or anything like that, and it like looks super cool on top of that. But it was this I sort of a niche thing. I don't know if it ever got off the ground. I saw someone in um at the Fraga Cargo event using a glass pad as well. Fraga um, Cargo, yeah, <laughs> Fragadelphia, yeah. But it, the the event was but called Fraga Cargo because it was in Chicago. What the fuck? See what what? Is it how 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 many names can you do that with? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. 
I don't really want to play that game right now. Um, but at the moment, I'm using uh, the Logitech G Pro Super Light, uh, and I have a QCK Heavy. Although oh. I am currently looking at different mouse pads. Um, we're talking about pads and, and yeah, mice. Yeah, the current question yeah. that we're on is current mouse and mouse pad combo. How important is mouse choice at the top level of CS? Any stories of pros with weird mouse pad and pa mouse and and pad choices? Okay. Um, All right. So that's what I'm working with. with but I'm, I've been flirting with the idea of getting one of the Vaxi mouse pads. Uh, I'm doing some shopping and some research on a couple different mouse pads. Um, I ordered some artisan ones. Sure. They're pretty good. That's what like uh so I was doing the SSD setup what you with got? uh Which, what's it what's it called? Uh You don't know. I got it here, hold up. I was about no, I was I was just grabbing it. I was on the bed. I was opening it before we uh before we were gonna start, but I didn't get that. So it's it's artisan, A R T I S A N. And uh the one I have is it's called Ninja, and this one is smooth and soft. You can get extra soft, soft, mid, it's extra large pad, forty-nine centimeters by forty-two centimeters, and it's zero point four centimeters thick. I really like a thick pad, so I haven't got this out of the box yet. But I ordered a I think I ordered one of these for like J Raz, or he wanted like a satin one. Um I got something for one of the other guys who does video editing for ESL as well, Janny. Uh and I grabbed one of these because me and Janny were doing the SSD setups together in Sydney. And um, like Nico came in, he had an artisan pad. Rops came in, he had an artisan pad. Uh, Frozen was there, he had an artisan pad. So I was like, well, I, I guess I'm getting a fucking artisan pad then if all these <laughs> like absolute monsters have this. So I ordered, I haven't used it yet. Um, I should probably unbox it and start using it. Um, so that's, that's what I'm rocking right now. And apparently they were like sold out in Europe. So I got them in Australia. I don't know if they were or were not sold out in Europe. I, this is all hearsay. I, I, I didn't actually look. Someone was like, oh, they're so hard to get in Europe. So I bought them when I was in Perth because it was easy just to get delivered to my house. Um, and the mouse I'm using is the Razer Viper Signature Edition or the Razer Viper Mini Signature Edition. That's the one that's um, ridiculously priced. Okay. I don't, it's, it's like, let me have a look right now. What's it actually priced at here? I think it's like 300 euros or some shit. I, 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 use, I use the new Razer Death Adder Pro. Uh, I, I bought that a while back and I was using that at the start of CS2 and I really, really fucking liked it. I liked the heft, I liked the weight, I liked the feel of it, but I felt like I couldn't get headshots with it for some reason. Like I feel like I was just missing kills despite the fact that I loved the feel of the mouse. So I switched back to the super light and I haven't, I haven't gone back. Well, there's some really good stuff these days. That people yeah, are there using, are. Right? Like, uh, and that's the thing. I, I, there's a lot more competition and actually good products that are being like things that don't look like transformer dicks right like things that actually are like <laughs> peripherals that people would like to use we had that whole phase where logitech just went mutant transformer dicks do you remember that like yeah, that was so fucking weird i don't know why they did that and everybody with the rgb and everything like that i'm like what is going on man we used to just have standard shapes right but you remember like the mx5 518 yeah 518 that's the one and the the, the 3.0 the mx300 yeah. and stuff and yeah and then it went a weird for a while, I guess because when World of Warcraft came out, right, you needed a whole lot of extra buttons, which we really don't sure. need. But the interesting market, like we have, obviously the people from Vaxi uh, were originally people over there at Zowie. So you'll see like similarities between their products and uh, the guys who have moved over there, which is like Striker X and uh, Tomahawk. I'm using their aliases right now. Uh, those blokes, they're over there at Vaxi doing some, some good stuff. Uh, Zowie are keeping going where they're going. Um, so it is interesting, interesting, interesting as well that you've seen people who used to work at like Steel Series, then they went to Logitech for a while. So you do get a little bit of bleed over in in that regard. But I think you can't go wrong with this, like you said, Jason, the super light. I think it's hard to get past that, especially if you 
want to use an ambi mouse, right? It's an ambidextrous mouse, isn't it? The super light? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Some people like the Ergies. Some people like the Ambies. Some people like the headshots. What about uh, what the second half of this question? Any any pros with weird mouse and pad choices? Um, the the initial one that comes to mind is is Forrest. I forget he was it the Kinzu that he used. He always used a tiny mouse, and that had like negative Excel or something, didn't it? Something weird about it. It was a crazy mouse, but like for most of his career, he used this tiny, tiny fucking mouse that would like disappear in your hand. He has a smaller one that he was using uh, when we were in the Valve office, I'm pretty sure, right? The Kinzu was small. It kind of reminded me of the MX300 a little bit, but I'm pretty sure I had like negative Excel or something along those lines. And then the one that he was using uh, at, in the office was the really small ExtraFi one. I think it's like the MZ1 or something like that. And it's so like low profile. It looks real strange. Uh, where is it here? Yeah, the ExtraFi MZ1. That's what he was using. And it, it was very, very small. But Forrest did say to me when I was shooting, he's like, you shoot two bullets a lot. And I was like, oh, I, I, I took that. I, I was like, yeah, fair enough. I'm going to blame a ping, Forrest. That's <laughs> you have to shoot that second bullet on 80 ping because you, know, you never know where that first one's going to fucking end up. Well, but no, I don't think so. I remember early on when I was playing like Counter-Strike and I wasn't like, I had no idea. I think the first like pad that I bought, no, once I knew what was going on was a funk pad. But before that, I would go to land with like... Um, one of those pads that had like the wrist, the gel wrist rest. I don't know what the fuck sure, that was yeah. for, but I had that. And then eventually like I started turning it around the other way because like, this is getting in the way and that was tiny. Um, but no, I don't think there's anybody with anything too weird. It's more like seating positions that are weird, right? Like the the Bondic. Yeah. Where you can tell that layouts. he grew up on the edge of a table and yeah, yeah that too. Some left handies out there. Well, it was all the old school players that had to play with like the big ass CRT monitors back in the day who always have like that that crazy this crazy seating positions. Although I say that, but there are some fucking zoomers out there in the pro scene that that go like the mount or the keyboard like ninety degrees, like perpendicular to you. Like, we used to you have can, perpendicular you now. Hey, you like that? It's a big word. Coffee's yeah, coffee's kicking in. Yeah, that's a haven't spilled it. It really is a paradigm shift. <laughs> perpendicular. At an angle of there was, uh, to another line or surface. This isn't a pro, and I would I wouldn't recommend this just because it seems crazy to me. But there was there was a kid at the uh, the Fraga Cago. I tweeted out a picture of it or a video of it. He was using a mouse that had no like heel rest, like it was just the buttons. You know what I mean? Like it was basically half a mouse. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Rush talks about that, and he's like, "Yeah, man, it's just your hand. It'd be fucking sick." I'm like, "Get fucked, Rush. What are you talking about?" It seemed so, crazy. Like, it, it it the concept is crazy, right? Like you're essentially just swiping that what I guess is the air. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That to me seems really strange. Uh, I feel weird talking about mice without rush on the show. Yeah, he he seems like he'd be so nerdy that he'd he'd dive right into it. Resident fucking geekazoid. Right. No, that's meant no no disrespect to all the people who like mice. mice are cool. <laughs> I have quite a collection myself. I just you know rushes. I, I like to raz him. I like to give him a little bit of a raz. I mean, in reality, this mouse and mouse pad combo choice, I feel like, is, is so much more like mental and just making you comfortable. And it's not like there's one right answer. The players like half the time, as you mentioned, Chad, like you kind of you kind of rise up through the scene and get better with whatever mouse you have on hand at the time. And then once you like kind of start getting a little bit more competitive and getting there, that's when you start thinking about like max that lasts like one percent of your game and that's when you start looking into different mice and and testing out different styles and different comfort and, and blah 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 um but but i mean for the most part you can go pretty deep in a career with whatever whatever mouse you have on hand as long as it's not like a fucking ball mouse from the 90s uh, there was there was people so i was playing back in like a wcg qualifier in perth 
back in like 2004 or 2005. I guess it would have been 2005. And this, yeah, because it was for source. And there was a guy back then who was using a wireless mouse. And I was like, what the fuck is this guy even? Th-? There was like clearly a delay back in 2005 on a wireless mouse of when you do it. And now, like this transition for me mentally has only happened over the last couple of years that we can even have wireless peripherals and we're not having any performance issues because of it. Like, isn't that crazy? Like, yeah. I was so hardcore into the wired stuff. I don't have a wireless keyboard, but I've got a wireless headset. I've got a wireless mouse. A wireless keyboard would be nice. It made my aesthetic in this room a little bit nicer, I think. Maybe I, that's something I have to look into. Yeah, I got the Zowie wireless, the the biggest one, CW1. Keyboard? No, the mouse. Oh, okay. Keyboard, no. Oh, EC1. Yeah. But it's Emil Christensen EC1. One. What? Uh, the EC is Emil Christensen. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, yeah, yeah. Right? FK yeah. was yeah. Philip Kupski. Yep. And, and uh, AM was, was Spawn, Abdi, Samad, Mohammed. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. So that's for people who don't know. Neat, little yeah. Easter egg. Yeah, that is cool, isn't it? It's better than the Fatality branded headset that Jason still wears. Whoa. Whoa. <clears throat> there was one more thing. I remember what was a mad about as well that i saw you were mad about i mean not mad but something that i was like was it a question oh, there was, no 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 what else do we have what else do we have oh there's heaps of stuff in here all right pick some someone, someone someone was asking about uh someone i think they asked me directly was it parker where we had a, a fucking scrolling all day mate it was basically <laughs> to do with um Parker says, Australian asking a fellow passionate Australian CSGO fan in grassroots programs, uh, is grassroots programs in high schools uh, a good shout for building the next generation on home soil? Uh, that for me, I, that someone got into the conversation a little bit further down uh, who's Danish, I think for, uh, first lev and talking about how in, in Denmark they have a lot of that. I just think in Australia, we don't have a player base for it. So be super hard to justify i don't even think you could find five players in a lot of schools that would even be interested in that type of a program and obviously i'm not there it's hard for me to speak to that but if there is the interest um then you have an uphill battle and this is something that i i learned since going home as well and this is something that i think i remember being a little bit more i don't want to say preachy of but i remember talking about more a couple of years ago when i was more grounded to what australia is and because i haven't been there much in the last decade essentially this two-month stint that i just had at home was the longest time i've had back in seven years almost eight years um so australia is just such an awesome place to fucking be outside like so i'm not saying everybody wants to be outside there's a lot of people who enjoy playing counter-strike enjoy playing lots of different video games enjoy doing those type of things but i just think a, a country that's so big and geographically challenged being far away from the world in different time zones. And then in terms of the, our population size, I don't know what we're up to now. I think we used to be like fucking 28 million or something. Let's have a look at Australian population. I, we, I just don't think we have, uh, as of 2021, 26 million, something like that. Okay. So fuck all people considering we're the same size, as the, almost the same size as the contiguous United States. Um, it's, it's just one of these scenarios where I just don't think we have enough interest across the board to have a thriving scene and when i was back home for sydney one of the things i was talking to jim about jim nesso one of the guys who was casting there uh big involvement in the queensland scene of counter-strike which is on the opposite side of the country to where i'm from but one of the things we were talking back in the glory days that we remember in counter-strike was the community side of things when the lands were really really big 
they used to go to a place called the bunker they were having like 16 team lands pretty frequently jim would be involved in running some of those i used to go to a land cafe in scarborough called four play games i was involved in running events there we would get when i was doing it it was probably more like eight to ten um we would sometimes have 16 team events but i think that was you know a year or two years before when i really got involved in that side of things but australia had like a healthier land scene where people would go to land cafes and play these tournaments and then you would go to like a national event and we just don't have that anymore obviously because people more people have computers in their homes uh which is fine uh and the internet is a little bit better so people were just more likely to play from home. But that community aspect was one of the reasons and one of the ways I got to like grow up as an individual and socialize with other people. Anyway, I've gone on a bit of a tangent here. I just don't think Australia has the player base or the population base to warrant those type of things. But if the interest is there in a specific school um, and there's kids who enjoy playing Counter-Strike, then I guess it's up to the interest of the parents and the kids to see what they can do. But I, d- I don't even know if those initiatives are possible in Australia, to be honest. And that's the end of my answer. I hope it was a good one. The end. Yeah, Damn. I think you can. I, I think you have a point as well where it's like it, it depends on geographically also if you're in a warm or a cold part of the world. Why don't we have well, that's why almost Sweden any, and Denmark were so There was never so like any teams or pros from Italy, for example. You know, Spain, when it comes to CS, you know how it is with just you know movistar now and you know in with spain and portugal there's like one or two teams you know we had saw and movistar that's pretty much it you know what else um greece right a lot of these places it's like it's just nice to be outside you know and spend time outside and then on the other side obviously the scandinavian countries and denmark is a big example you know a lot of the year it's cold and dark outside like it it gets dark pretty quickly and also they're more developed so you had earlier you know people can afford pcs and there's good internet connection and whatnot so it's just like you're going to be more prone and probably more exposed to video games in um that sort of an environment than you would be in a place like greece or whatever yeah well i know when i was home it was really difficult for me to even stay inside for too long the weather was fucking beautiful i was down the beach all the time i was I was tr- really trying to enjoy the outdoors which is something that i, I live in malta right so you, uh, you think come summertime i should be able to do that but it just feels a little bit more foreign for me here whereas back in australia i get that that home feeling and it was was really good so yeah i, I there's a lot of factors that play into it i think um also not having a team that is broken through as well. Like if that happens, then it you know makes the news and there's a bit more interest and then maybe there's a bit more funding. Because a couple of years ago in Australia, there was, I guess, like three or four orgs that were paying not a lot of money, but were paying some of these guys some money to be playing Counter-Strike. And that doesn't happen anymore. I'm pretty sure that the only team that's making any money whatsoever is Greyhound and everybody else is just doing it for either pittances, if not nothing, like it was back in my day where you would get, you know, a, an org that would give you jerseys. They might give you a fucking team speak server i guess for us it would have been ventrilo and maybe a counter-strike server to play on right fuck all so um there's a lot of factors that go into to it and i don't think any of them are like excuses as to oh this is why it sucks i think that's just the way it is i think people just need to accept that a little bit more and if you want to if you want to make some changes you have to make some sacrifices and hope that you get lucky because i think that's a big part of it too i was looking at uh, dex's instagram and I've been talking to him a little bit, and I think being back in Australia is like a like a like a really good thing for him. Uh, and I think this is something that a lot of people 
maybe don't like I, I don't want to get on like my fucking soapbox or anything here and oh woe is us I'll get I on get the soapbox like baby I get to live a really awesome life right getting to be involved in Counter-Strike and everything like that it's fucking sick like yeah. I, I, I would not have okay. traded I would not have, I would not trade what I've done over the last decade for anything right and I have a couple of regrets with family what members about that, world that peace? passed away over the time Oh yeah, I think for world peace I'd do it, Yanka. Uh, but other than world nice. peace, if you can, if you can organize me that. But other than that, I, you know, I've I've got to live like a fucking awesome life. So I'm not complaining. I want to make that very clear. But you may you do make a choice, right? Like you make a choice of of being away from home for extended periods of time. It's not easy just to travel 24 hours onto the other side of the world. Not only is it a time thing, it's also a money thing. Um, and then things change. Like my sister's had a kid. She's got married. Uh, you know, I ended a relationship back in Australia that I'd been dating a girl for like three years. Obviously, it wasn't going to work and I was chasing my, my my passion. I've had grandparents pass away that I was close to, but when I was away, you know, that wasn't a priority, very out of sight, out of mind. So decisions that I have made, things that I have to kind of live with, but that's the trade-off, right? And, and you know, if you if you've lived in Europe and you got to do this, then you probably don't have to make that trade-off in the same way. Um, and as I get older, when I seeing my parents get older and stuff that perspective shifts a little bit and you want to spend a bit more time at home which is something i'm hoping to do in the in the coming years we'll see how how generous the calendar is or, or how much work i want to give for myself but yeah i've we've gone far away from a topic about counter-strike in schools in australia so <laughs> the end again I mean, uh, I can I can touch on it here in an A because I did like a I haven't I haven't done really I, I went to a couple I think it was like um it was right after COVID I think collegiate I stuff I remember you taking some photos yeah yeah I did I did like a tour there was like well the Davenport team was here uh, Davenport uh, which had like the, the top collegiate Counter Strike team in the country in, in NA and was like actually competing in ESCA Premier was pretty high up um, they're like 15 minutes away from me I had like three colleges uh, within like a half hour drive of me that all had like Counter Strike teams so I went and did like a tour of them and talked to all their coaches and talked to their programs and stuff and it's like the the idea of like grassroots programs coming out of high school and going in and into college and then helping to develop a scene is a pretty big conversation, especially in NA as we try and find solutions to fix the fact that our scene has been, you know, repeatedly depleted for, for whatever reasons that we don't need to get into. Um, I know like high school is really hard because uh, again, we'll go into that. We also don't need to go to this one just, but just due to the violence of the game, a lot of high schools are really hesitant to, to get it involved in like high school esports programs. Um, colleges are kind of 50, 50 on it. Like uh, Michigan state has a team, but it's not officially sanctioned by the school. It's more of like, um, it's just kind of like a side program. So they don't actually get any funding. They don't actually get any resources. They're just allowed to kind of use the Michigan state name. Um, and, and then, you know, someone like Davin, Port built an entire gaming center, a viewing center for students, and they actually bought into it a little bit more. Um, but obviously, outside of like some basic investment, they didn't have like a really a whole lot of a game plan for it. So, I mean, there's there's some potential there, especially in NA, considering how much money colleges have. There is there is some potential there. But the problem is, and the problem that I always that, that no one has the answer to is, if you're a good enough player to be a pro, you're not going to join a college team. Right, like you're yeah. you're never going to join a collegiate team if you can if you can join a team and get a salary when you're when you're 16 years old, which is how a lot of careers begin. There, there's nothing. Yeah, there's no benefit for the player there. So um, that's the kind of biggest issue. So until the collegiate scene gets more organized, you're never going to get the big players, which means you're never going to get viewership, which means you're never going to be able to attract better and better players, and you're never really going to get your team on the map of any scale. Because you know, despite the fact that there's actually, I would say, a thriving and a healthy collegiate esports scene in the in the America. 
Americas, it's not followed by anyone because everyone's following the professional play. So, mm. I mean, there, there's some potential there, but there's, there's obviously some things that need to get ironed out. I know for a lot of these colleges and universities in the States, at least, um, a lot of them are suffering, you know, declining rates of, you know, students coming to their school, um, enrollment rates are all down. So they're using oh, really? esports. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we also have a ton of schools, which are, which are kind of getting wrecked, uh, as well. I mean, we just have a huge number of universities across the country, but yeah, enrollments are down like across the board. Um, especially, wow. especially for men, male and enrollment uh, rates in, in, in university and college in the States is, um, is declining um, while women is increasing. Um, but, you know, it's kind of a tool that colleges are using right now to try and get more, you know, butts in seats, essentially, um, where they're saying, we have an esports program, come and we'll give you like, you know, a little stipend, a little bit of money off your enrollment. Um, but, it, you know, it's like a little scholarship for athletic purposes, but it's it's nothing it's nothing crazy. And it's it's basically just to try and get students to, to come to their university. At the moment, universities haven't bought into it as if it's some kind of long term future plan within their system I, I was having a conversation i don't even know where i was having it um uh, yeah what is with my brain my, i've got to start taking something from my memory i think um but anyway Here, i was Joe having Rogan's a conversation yeah i think so too some fucking snake oil remember when i mentioned that on this <laughs> yeah, you, Holy you, shit. Got, you got fucking, fucking hell. you even so crazy you even man. said i think this is mostly a placebo but i still take yeah the it. first <laughs> thing i led with was me like saying this probably doesn't work but you know i take it a sense of work for me um but uh, look the the where i was going with this was i think where we're at in counter-strike is let's say we've been around for 20 years the last five or six have been the most prosperous, right? In terms of things really kicking off. It would have been what, 2014, 2015, when all the skin stuff kind of went gangbusters and we had a lot of money come in. And then since then, we've been looking for an answer of, well, is this sustainable? Uh, with some cases, we see not so much. Some cases, this is probably what we're talking about when we had Natu on the show, right? Uh, but yeah, I, I look at where we're at right now and we obviously want as much as we can in the moment. I think that's pretty natural by humans to you know want everything now. Uh, but if we take a big step back and have that like 30,000 foot view of everything that's going on, we've come a pretty long way in a short amount of time for a video game in a space that's expanding and we're learning and we're getting to see errors that are made by other, uh, other game titles or developers or people trying to run events. And you're seeing the ones that kind of stick around and have some things going well for them. Like the Smash Bros scene goes really well, even though Nintendo is doing everything in their fucking power by the sounds of things to fuck it up for them, right? Like they, they don't want these guys to have their little competitions that from like half the updates and stuff that I hear about. And again, I don't really know what I'm talking about. I just read like a general tweet every now and again. But that type of, uh, I don't want to say grassroots because it's not grassroots, but that love, like it has, it has a passionate group of people who are interested in it. And I think that's the same thing with Counter-Strike. Like it's organic. It's grown to this point from something. And where we're going to grow in the next 20 years, I don't know. When are we going to have different influxes come in? Maybe CS2 will kick us off again, right? Once that major rolls around and everything new comes in, maybe we have this another big surge. But are these things like consistently sustainable? Do we think this one day will scale to something like a traditional sport? Well, who the fuck knows? Like we're not there yet. We're, we're, we're not anywhere near that just yet. And what that means for... I guess colleges and high schools and the integration for different players into different things. I I don't know. I don't. I just think it's probably the best way for people to look at this. If people enjoy watching and playing Counter Strike in the format that Jason loves the very most, the five v five, right, the purest form of the game, um, 
then that's that's a positive and that's what we should be looking to achieve an enjoyable experience for players and viewers alike and obviously something that is played at a high technical level with nuance with layers which is why we have our jobs because we get to sit there and explore all of these different layers and enjoy it and that's the thing like counter-strike gets my dick hard when i see like this fucking nerdy ass execute or this like you know outplaying this rotation that's the nuance of the game right it's not always just about the headshots there's a lot more things that go into it so um yeah i think we're we're on for this ride I'll be interested once we get to the age of like 50, 60 to see where Counter-Strike's at. I hope it's still around. Well, I think it'll still be around. That's always the thing because everyone acts like there's some kind of like magic bullet that we haven't found that will like, you know, fix the esports scene or, or or make it happen. And I don't know, I've always been like, of like I've always had the mindset that more than anything, it just takes, it takes time, you know, for like the next generation who's yeah. growing up playing games and watching games, you know, and then the generation after them, you know, we're just starting to see that like when, when we were growing up, like Counter-Strike didn't come out until obviously like 99 i wasn't playing until 2000 like 13 years old i was like heavily watching football and basketball but you know the the 15 years old now 15 year olds now are growing up watching esports and they're watching um they're watching streamers and they're and they're playing a ton of video games and like that next generation as they grow like that in my mind is closer to the magic bullet than anything is just a next generation of people who have been invested yeah, in, people to in play. gaming yeah. and esports you know their entire life rather than something they picked up halfway through yeah no, I, I feel that completely. And that's kind of what we're talking about, the organic side of things. Like the things which caught me about Counter-Strike when I was growing up was getting to see people from my state. So the team was called 23. Um, and there was like a SAS Trooper, Wizamabob, Mole, like these guys. And they went over to, and they sure they got owned, right? But I stayed up until, you know, three, four o'clock in the morning watching them at the WCG on the fucking scorebots and then watching the demos yeah. and stuff. But, uh, but that's what there's like oh shit like this is possible these guys get to these guys get to go and see how good they are at this version of the game against the best in the world and these guys would dumpster me back when I was a 14 15 year old kid right um, so that that's kind of what got me into it and then once you learn about the scene and you're watching these frag movies and you're watching like Shaguar window with a USP just decimating this B rush and like fuck I want to do that and then you're obsessing at it like at school and you're drawing your notebook and you're taking a dump thing and fuck I wish I had a deagle right now and I was at short and they were pushing up like you know that's that's the obsession of counter-strike that you want people to kind of lean into yeah i i i don't know if i love the idea that well i guess i need to get with the times right because this this is now i I was about to say viable career path it's a career path uh it's it's something that you can you can definitely achieve if you're if you're talented enough and if you're driven enough um and then you need to be a little bit lucky enough as well but um oh that's something that happened recently did you guys see like the Valorant people all talking about the tier two Valorant scene going down the fucking gurgler? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, that for me was just deja vu from the same shit happened a couple of years ago with the, with the Counter-Strike stuff. And it's all the same people I see tweeting about. I go, are you guys, do you guys all just think you should have jobs because you're kind of mediocre? <laughs> like, is, is, that, is that what we think should be happening here? I was like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, there's there's an element to that. Although I'd say with the Valorant one, I, I think it was just something of my my take on it was more just like, did you, have you guys did you guys not like see how 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 Riot does their esports scenes? Like this is how it happened in League as well. And like you're going in, you're switching into a game that has already announced that they're going to have franchise slots. And if you are not on one of those franchise teams, you just get wrecked. 
Like I, yeah. you know, like that's yeah, the writing was always on the wall, and that's something that you had to have awareness of going into it because if you don't, if you're not on one of those franchise orgs, like you're just going to be out of a job. And look at League of Legends, especially in North America, even the pro scene is struggling. But the tier two scene that they've had, you know, sponsored and partnered with Coca Cola at various points in the past, has never exactly been thriving. It has not exactly been a story of success. And Riot hasn't shown that they can develop like the 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 I guess like the semi pro, the tier two scene in any kind of an organization, and and they control everything so you had to have known that this was a distinct possibility and like i you know i have some sympathy but i don't necessarily feel bad you know like it's a it's a tough situation it's a tough industry but that had to have been something you planned for like that had literally a competition you had to have at some point said this is entirely possible to happen to me when i make the switch and apparently they didn't yeah yeah apparently they didn't Apparently I didn't. Yank, are you still with us? Did we lose yeah, the man. hangover? <laughs> no, yeah, no, I, I got to no. make sure, you know, make sure you're drinking the water, no, I mean, getting the electrolytes in. It's just all the, you know, grassroots stuff and, in, you know, the high school. About no, I mean, no, it's just like, you know, Counter-Strike in high schools. It's like Serbia is probably like a century away from having anything <laughs> of the of the kind. I think for us, the problem is, at least from, you know, with us, a smaller scene and also I think realistically a legitimate problem is also having a good enough pc to run this version of the game before when i was yeah starting to play it was also you know not having like a decent internet connection uh, nowadays that's not a problem anymore but i i think for me like the sad thing is there's not that many just land tournaments anymore yeah <laughs> you yeah. know but when, when i used to play sure you had like one team that was going to win it if they decide to uh, play and maybe you know if not then there's two teams who would compete for like that realistically could win it and but there's a lot of teams that just you know play and it was maybe beating a team in the groups or just making it into making it out of groups and playing you know in the playoffs which all sounds like you know super serious but in reality it was just you know getting to play an extra game later in the day was what you were looking forward to and competing and you had teams from all these different like smaller cities from different cities you know you had local teams that you know everyone would come and it was also a sort of a social kind of thing not only just to to play cs now because you know everyone has internet and you can do it you know that element doesn't exist as much because you know people are just playing online and doing whatever playing face it so there's not really that many teams anymore like before you could easily make a eight team tournament 100 percent, but yeah. probably also 16 yeah. team tournament even without too many issues you know um you announce it just like two months ahead of time and people uh, pay the entrance fee and that's 25 it. bucks to sign up or whatever yeah yeah uh, that sort of a thing so i think for me that's kind of lame even at the start of csgo when, when we were playing there was fewer tournaments than there were in 1.6 that's already when it started to wind down a little bit it was just boring man i mean sure we were like competing online and we were like the highest ranked we ever were and played really good cs but you're like playing three months you don't go to a land tournament you know it's, it just fucking sucks you know it's not the same feeling like i i think at in my eyes for everyone it should be the best feeling is when you're at the land and you're like playing at a tournament somewhere whatever it is no matter how small it is so i think that's like the big difference 
compared to when is this how, I was playing. Is this our boomerism though, Yanko? Like, and Jason as well, obviously, because I think we all grew up with more thriving land scenes, at least locally, than what exists now. But that's talking about getting more players interested in the game that eventually, you know, they might not want to pursue a professional career, which that's so it's not for everybody, right? Like I played with... Like if if I had a LAN event in Perth with sixteen teams, how many people do you think ever got to go play like a national event? It definitely wasn't the majority, right? There was it was the select few. It was the top of the top, but everybody still went because they were part of that social thing. And then those of those people, like a bunch of them, are probably Counter Strike fans still to this day, right? They still probably tune in and like, oh, I know this game, you know, and they understand the basics of the game. So, but that's not going to be like a big part of our fan base. Um, or viewer base, I think is probably a better term for me to use than fan base because these are people who understood the game on a bit more of a hardcore level than just say like a general viewer or a, a general player. But some of the on-ramps today, like getting people into matchmaking when we had the traditional ranks, I think which you still have, you just don't go the premier mode, right? Um, that's people just going and having that experience on their own and then queuing up with four other randoms and then probably having a shit time because everyone's swearing at each other the whole time. But Counter-Strike for me, I was always learning with another group like I was learning with, and I went and hung out with a couple of them uh, when I was when I was uh, in Perth. I went and hung out with like four of my old teammates of one of my Hell very yeah. first teams, and it was great. Like had a bunch of beers with them and stuff. See everybody grown up, um, see where everybody's at in life. I had a, I had a really good time. Um, and there's a whole bunch more down there that I I idolized, right? Like guys who are in teams, but who I would love to go have a beer with today and talk to and talk about the olden days because they were the guys who kind of were my biggest influences in Counter Strike where I was, but. With that, we're talking about a smaller group. I think I think that's how we grow player bases in areas. But how do we bring people back to that? Like, I don't know if, if we can. What's the incentive for people to do it? People are like, oh, I have to pay this much money and then go to this thing to play on a computer that's not as good at mine at home. And you're right. People aren't just making like local teams together anymore. They can play with whoever the fuck they want online. They can just play a face at Pug at any, any point during the day. But getting to stand, and this is the vibe I want I would love for Pro League and I don't think we'll ever get there because it's too guarded at the top level of professional Counter-Strike. But the, my favorite thing, like the way to watch the teams play was stand behind the team and watch them play. <laughs> yeah. And when you, you hear one guy coming too long and then you turn to the guy who's holding long and then you hear this and you, your head's flicking between and you're seeing how they move and you're seeing how the keyboard's set up and you're hearing the comms and all those things. That that I would love if we could give the viewer even an, an inkling of that because that that's such a pure way. It's a hard way to watch Counter Strike. Don't don't get me wrong, especially when tournaments had fade to black on and you didn't have a good spot and you <laughs> couldn't see the last guy that was alive. Uh, but that was the bit that was quite infectious for me getting to to watch it like that. So. I don't know. I mean, I you were even talking about when we had to watch the scoreboard. You, you, would, you couldn't watch the actual game. You were just watching the the kills, you know, and Yeah, and on IRC, stuff. yeah. But I think what you said about is, are we just being boomers? I think, yeah, the, the things are changing. But for me, I don't think it's a part of that. I, I think that LAN element should exist in issues because that's what's the most fun. You know, you can't yeah. replace that. Like the the fact that you have your guys next to you and that you're playing, you can cheer each other up and you can get hyped and all that stuff. Sure, like we were all playing online and I was screaming in my room like when we would win a game and, you know, that's all great. You, of course, you still get excited, but it's not the same feeling. And I think that's imp it's important for even up-and-coming players or young players to have the ability to experience that because for me, that part is infectious, you know? And, and then that's what really... Yeah what you feed off of the, in the same way that even the pros talk about, right? Like when we had COVID and obviously it was shit, everything moves to online. It's just not the same. You, you wouldn't, a lot of them would probably not pursue 
a career in you know esports in a way if that was like what it was right like what you get off from is the big LAN event like playing in the Lanxess arena you know in uh, the Royal Arena at the playoffs of a major right like that that's what you put the hours in and, and that's where the, the the payoff is yeah but I yeah. think I think too like if you're not experienced in going to LAN events like probably going to like a local LAN event gives you that same feeling that the pros get when they go to a Katowice or, or oh you or could be I mean, nervous at a local LAN yeah. event for yeah. sure man yeah, 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 yeah for yeah, sure of course and and then you like you shake well hopefully you're on good terms and you guys shake hands after and that's where you're like learning sportsmanship and then you're like talking to other people like it's the th- same it's so the same many vibe good as that you can learn from that it's the same vibe as playing the team sport in school like playing soccer or yes. football like it's it is that you're learning how to work together with other people you're learning how to problem solve with other people you're learning how to be a good teammate a good opponent um, uh, yeah there's there's a lot of fucking awesome lessons you can you can learn from that if you if you do it the right way also I think like too like even even just for young players too like if you're actually trying to rise the ranks those events are like like on a that's that's networking like when you go into an event like that and you destroy a team even if you lose but you play really well individually and you meet those guys and then you talk online and that's how you can start rising up to that better team and the better team and you can take your steps up and you can progress if that's your goal um and if you feel like it but that that networking is is really invaluable and that's a lot of when you say you know chad when you list all those things of becoming a pro and you mentioned luck one of those is is networking and knowing knowing people knowing the same people that have the same goals of rising up and being in the right place at the right time and knowing knowing your opponents when they're looking to make a roster change and they want to bring you in like it, without meeting you like it's it's really it's sometimes you just get overlooked and also you're getting reps in on LAN, which i know is just a local LAN. but i'm seriously like people you get nervous in those type of games yeah. when that's what you're doing in the beginning i get and nervous in you, those kinds of games still <laughs> like when like, I, the worst thing you ever wanted to be called and probably still to this day at the top level of counter-strike is called an onliner if you get called an onliner oh my god <laughs> Like, that's the worst thing you could possibly be called. You can only do it when you got your dick in your hand in your fucking bedroom at home. I think I used an analogy once. It's like using the urinal or using the stall, right? Like, you know, if, if, if you can do it on land, you just go, you walk up to that urinal, you flop your dick out with all the other guys standing there taking a piss and you just fucking get it done. But if you can only do it online, you got to go into the stall, close the door. I feel like I'm shaming people who have anxious bathroom experiences now and I, I shouldn't be doing that. I apologize to anyone who feels offended by my analogy. <laughs> I, had no, I had nothing was, i had nothing to follow that up with <laughs> no, it's just good dead air right <laughs> no, no yeah, I, it, it sounded like jason breathe, was baby. like lagging or something i don't know he's cackling no i just i was waiting like two minutes and the silence made it funnier um yeah no it did yeah, no, <laughs> you can speak now we'll edit that out <laughs> Uh, no, I just had uh, one more question that we can get to in the from the from the Discord, and this one's a bit of a, okay. Yeah, this one's a bit of a doozy. This one's a serious a question. Doozy. It's a doozy. Okay, doozies can be good or bad um, on the side of the fence. I'm curious about your opinions on the new predetermined pairing for the major first round Swiss matchup. Oh, it's, fucking I know. formats. Here we go. Yeah, you should love this. <laughs> Assuming that teams get seated at the beginning of the tournament, if you finish the first first in challenger, now opening stage, you will play the first ranked team in the world in the legend stage, which is now the elimination stage. Uh, yes. If teams are not reseated at each stage separately, um, does doesn't this give teams the initiative to place as low as possible in the first stage to play lower seated teams in the next stage. 
I think it's addressing an issue of the final rounds of uh, these Swiss systems tending to have like good teams versus good teams. And that's one of the problems that I think they're attempting to avoid here. If you have good teams who are coming through the opening stage, uh, going up against teams who are good in the elimination stage, it means that you won't be able to play them again, right? So the best teams are going to play each other first uh, and then it should trickle down. I, I think, I, I'm making the assumption here, that throughout the rest of the event, uh, that they should be playing against like lower seeded teams, right? Uh, that's that's the theory as I understand anyway. Um, in terms of incentivizing teams to place lower, I, I don't know because this is the thing with how all this shapes up. We obviously have these these uh, websites that predict how the brackets can all unfold or the, the Swiss system can all unfold and everything like that. But we need uh, it to all be seeded and a little bit closer to the date to be able to make that a possibility. It's an interesting angle to have. I think that the situation that though is trying to be addressed is what I mentioned, is trying to avoid having like a Navi versus FaZe in the final round because one of them had to come through the opening stage and one through the uh, one was within the elimination stage as a high seed. And this way they just play each other straight away and it's like, okay, well, we can't play each other again. Um, maybe we play against a fucking, I don't know, a pre-seed or whatever as, as that final match. That's that's what I think um, is the rationale. Also, I mean, I could be wrong. color me naive if you want, but I think at an event like the major and with the amount of upsets that we've seen, I don't think there's any team in the world that I can imagine having a conversation, which is like, guys, you know, we're going to qualify no matter what. Let's, let's make sure we kind of place on a lower seat. Like, let's, you know... Let's sacrifice a match potentially to get a better seed for the next round. Yeah, if this was like pro league and it changed the way like you you were in a different spot in the bracket or something, then maybe. And even I think that would be a hard case because most teams just going out there to fucking win. And and I'll be honest, I think in the past I've heard like some some whispers and rumors of teams doing that when we were doing like some round robin formats back in the day. But like I haven't heard anything about that these days and and fair play teams have gotten a little bit more locked up but i i just don't see a world in which a team is going to risk being eliminated from the major early um just to try and set themselves up for for the next round of play that that's like an insane risk to take i think there's um i think there's something where it's like if you're in a group stage for an event and like a large and i i mean more like blast groups uh, at least with old formats and it's like well you know it, it it doesn't matter if we get through at this point or we get through at this point, just as long as we get through, especially with the next stage of the tournament being so disconnected. A lot of the teams are like, well, if we get through, we get through. Because this is one of the issues I have with um, the way that the the Pro League brackets are is like, you know, teams skipping different rounds based on where they place within the group is I think most teams are like, well, as long as we get through and if, if it's one of the best teams, they're going to think that they can beat everybody regardless, right? If you're like one of the top five teams or whatever, you probably know, okay, well, we're going to have to beat all the best teams anyway. So it doesn't matter if we start in the round of 12 or if we start in the round of eight, um, just as long as we're there in the playoffs. So sometimes for that, you know, it might make some of the group stage games seem lower stakes. And that's why we have, uh, it was a great like uh, reference that, that Lerpus had many years ago was, you know, saying it's like, you know, it's this team's Super Bowl. Well, you see that in these events that are a bit more, uh, you know, wide in terms of the teams and and the quality of teams in attendance for like an eternal fire at a pro league that can be labeled as their Super Bowl. Like if they have a really good showing there, it kind of puts them in the conversation on the map. Whereas if you're like a G two and you go there and you 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 know you drop out in like sixth place or whatever, you're like, well, okay. The only other way would be like if you were on the way to the Intel Grand Slam or something. Like then it means a little bit more to you, have a little bit more incentive. But it's not a big arena event. It's just it's just an event. Like if it was a Cologne or a Katowice or a major, then yeah, okay, we're having a different conversation. Um, 
but that's that's another thing that's important. And something that I think is important just as a general factor in Counter-Strike, right, is not everything has the same weight to it, which is also important because if everything had the same weight to it, then we would just be going from week to week, weekend to weekend, watching like a tournament that means the same. It's like, well, why did I watch last weekend if I can just watch again yeah. this weekend? It, everything needs to kind of have uh, a, a little bit of a difference to it. And that's why I'm hoping once we get to the open, I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, but that's why I hope when we do get to 2025, and this was something I preached a lot prior to everything getting a bit more locked down, um, and that's just not a pandemic pun, just kind of coincided a little bit, uh, but is preaching choice to these teams, which is, I think we spoke about this with Natu when he was on, uh, and we were talking about, you know, you. I think you asked the question, Jason, like, is it for these orgs to just put the teams in as many events as possible? Yeah. I hope that they use their head a little bit more and they try and ramp into the major and are more selective of what type of events that they want to play in or need to play in um, to put them in the best position to win the major because that's how this circuit should go. And then imagine, guys, we get to talk about it. Oh, yeah, you see Australia skipping this event here. That's going to give them a month worth of boot camp before the major. You know, that makes a lot of sense. But obviously, G2, they have to go here because they're in the running for this. And, you know, they will actually have narratives that are leading into the pinnacle of each season. Won't that be fucking great for once? Fuck yeah, man. Come on, 2025. Yeah, that's going to be sweet. I'm, I'm going to enjoy that a lot. And I, I hope TOs take advantage of it too in terms of the way they gear their content and the way they gear content around specific events. And uh, No, Jason, we're only going to be looking at stats from our <laughs> tournaments, Jason. Uh, I'll only want you to be referencing any kills the that great fucking in our fear. tournaments, Jason. Yeah, but like, you know, take a look at where your event is in the calendar and gear the content up to be the right storyline for the major. That's what I'm saying. Like, we can, we can do this. If we all pull in the same direction not every event is the greatest event in the fucking world it doesn't have or to the be. last last or the last. <laughs> last 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 oh my last fucking nerve jesus <laughs> christ that did get a little bit last, fucking painful at first, the end. first european first tier one <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> fucking hell man weak ass marketing attempts what are we even doing what a dog shit headline the first thing the best thing we can say is we're the first what i saw something that i wanted to mention is the stone and yabby statement oh here we go (laughs) the stabby statement some juice from them saying that they're going to refer to them in third person it's like obviously you know it's like they're fucking whatever publicist a lawyer pr person whoever who, who, who came up with that whole shit to make it sound like super official and it's just so like it's such bullshit. It's like why do they even try? Like why do they even like make? They shouldn't have said anything. Exactly. Just no, fucking shouldn't. whatever. Why are you hook? You know, like at the end, like something. Sh- I don't even want to say shady. It's like whatever. You guys looked after your own selves. They made a choice. You made your choice. Live with it. That's it. Fucking play and who cares? You're gonna have people are going to hate you for what you did and and that's just it you have to live with your choice you made it the choice has been made just fucking get on with it instead of like trying to explain things like going date by date is like fuck off yeah fuck off you're not that important no one is really i just think you know young men and then knows, right? and then they're even doing like this shit where they're just like saying like the the literal words like that like we had no signed contracts with astralis yeah bro like the contracts were signed whatever like three weeks ago but 
you wanted to join the team like two months ago, you know, like <laughs> the fact that you didn't sign with them doesn't mean that like you didn't have a verbal agreement, the famous verbal agreements, or that you didn't say like, yeah, we'll join your team if you can make the transfer happen. Or that you even told Heroic is like, we would rather play somewhere else, you know? Like the, the, they're trying to make it so like, oh, we had no sign. Uh, like they communicated. I'm, I'm now going to read for the statement also stated from Heroic. They communicated having made future plans with Astralis, implying that we had signed contracts with Astralis. No, that doesn't imply anything. That just implies that it says literally what it says. It's like you made plans with them. Like, yeah, you didn't sign contracts because, you know, you're still contracted to Heroic, but... They were going to facilitate that, obviously, if you don't want to, to play. It's just such moronic shit. It's like, what well, are you two idiots doing? Like, just fucking play the game. <laughs> it's not like they're even, you know, they're like good players, but it's like they were never, they're not like big personalities in the scene, you know? Like, they're not like big interviewers or anything like that. You know, why are you making a fucking statement? No one gives a fuck. Just play. You're not device, you know? going to NIP or something and you want to make a statement, just fucking play and shut the fuck up. Well, also this, like, I think my biggest problem with it, cause I, I don't hold any ill will towards these guys and, and, and how they handle no, of anything. Course not. Like, I don't, I hope, and I said this before, I hope they're not like, I don't want people to like unreasonably target them as like rats or snakes or anything like this. But my biggest issue with this statement is it's like completely tone deaf to what this industry and what gaming and esports and like, you know, how, how, how you like grow a fan, how you feel authentic. Like when you, when you release a statement that's obviously been filtered through PR and through lawyers. Like and seven through, layers of it. Yeah. And it's like, apparently, cause we were talking about this on HR TV last night. Apparently, um, the Astralis PR people said they had nothing to do with the statement, but they obviously got help with it. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying the Astralis people did, but someone definitely helped them with but, it. Why would they write it this way? Yeah. It just, I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's just being like, we're going to talk in the third person. Like, what, what do you, what, why, like, I, like, that this is like, just come out and say it. If you, if you really want to make a statement, come out and say it in your words and be authentic. Once I read this, I'm just like, this is fucking weird. Like, as I'm just, I have an uncomfortable feeling as I read the whole thing. I think more than anything. And, and also, this is, is, this is one of the reasons why you know there are there are situations where I haven't made public statement like the Bardoff thing. I never made like some official public statement on a forum or a post or anything like that because it's like this is all he said, she said. Like you're you're not gonna oh, yeah, exactly. yeah. like you're there's no receipts the, being the, brought to the, the table. people who trust you are like already on your side. You're not gonna win anyone over. So there's there's no point in my mind of getting involved in it. But then if you get involved in it in this way, it just looks weird. It's just like an uncomfortable feeling as I read this because I'm just like no one speaks like this. Yeah, it would like, and and here's the thing, right? So I try and go through the thought process of of how we get here and why they make this, and they obviously make this statement because they probably, well, they they definitely don't like the negative press, right? Yep. The way that they've been framed, and and as I was saying before, they they are young men, right? I don't know. Let me see how old they are here. I think like Yabby's like twenty. Um, no way, he's look. older. Yabby's twenty, and Stown is twenty. Stown's twenty one. Yeah. So. Uh, the, and, and this is the thing no matter who they had helped them write this statement these are people who have literally no experience in what it's like to be a professional video game player in probably the nation of Counter-Strike at the moment which is Denmark where everybody's going to know you. now you're in Astralis um, there's clearly now big fan bases for both Heroic and Astralis I don't know how much for Heroic anymore they've got three Danes so maybe still and you're going to get we, we've seen before on like Facebook pages and stuff some of the way that these like Danish fans talk about some of the stuff within their scene and they're, they're like full hardcore giga fans 
So they have this negative press, not only from the broader Counter-Strike community, but more locally. They're young men. They don't know how to deal with this. They're having people who have literally no idea what this fucking feels like, like being targeted on social media. And every time you open the forums, you see your fucking name and there's a nickname about you and it's catchy and people are talking about you all the time. And, and these are, are guys whose brains are still fucking evolving. And we're more connected with Hopefully. those things that I was just talking about. Yeah, well, we're more connected with the social media. They're on their own Instagrams, right? Like they're, they're seeing the messages that are coming through. And it's really difficult to detach from that. And they've obviously sat, they've waited. They've then gone, okay, well, we don't like being framed in this negative light. So let's put out our version of events to offer up, you know, because they, they probably feel like they've been unfairly labeled here. Uh, and, and you know, maybe maybe they have been, right? I'm not going to say one, but maybe, maybe they have been. Um, and from their perspective, I feel that they definitely, they definitely feel they have been. So they come out and they say this, but this is something that I guess you have to learn, right? And this is something that you learn as, as, you, as, you, as you grow older and you experience these things. Sometimes it's better not to say anything at all, right? Because you, this is, they, were, they were goaded into this by the community, right? It made them feel worse and worse and worse. And then they go and say something. And now it's even worse for them because nobody who reads that, as you mentioned, Jason, the people who support them, already support them and then if they didn't say anything they were less likely to you know to jump ship and change sides and the people who are just going to call them these names and say all these things about them are going to do that regardless the only thing in a competitive pursuit that is going to matter unless they wanted to play the heel and lean into it and said yeah we fuck yeah fuck Kadian you know we were fed up of his bullshit we were fed up of him you know being fuck his pre-game speeches man and all the yelling (laughs) fuck off let me play Exactly, right? If they came out and said that, then fuck yeah, now we got some heels. Let's go. Let's go, Yabby and Stan. You got some attitude about you. Yeah, we've, now we're, I'm, I'm actually for that. We got some entertainment. Or say nothing, get in the server with Astralis, become the best Danish team again, and fucking own top tier Counter Strike because Yanko thinks you've got a good thing going. So get your shit together, get the headshots happening, and be a good Counter Strike team. And you know what that's going to do? What are people going to say then when you're winning? They're going to say, oh, this team's fucking sick. They're not going to be talking about that other stuff. And if they are, that's because they're bitter and jaded and they haven't. Another reason some bullshit in their own fucking life is the reason that they're pouring their hate out against you. So just get in the server and do the thing you do best, and that's fucking shoot heads in CS. And don't worry about any of this nonsense. And is that easier said than done? Yes. Yeah. I'm probably the worst person to be telling anybody that case, as you two know. So, you know, this, but I guess that's a good, I know more than most how much this shit can I mean, fester in your fucking brain. You never you never fully get like any kind of like real, like no matter how many times you go through it, there's no like perfect defense. Shit's always going to get to you at some point. I think unfortunately yes. for them, like this, this came from a good place of wanting to like kind of clear their names and get past all this. But uh, like someone should have advised them and told them, this is a bad idea. This is just going to end up being food for a community of online forum posters who want their drama for the day, who want to have like something us. that they can, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like if they us. were in our WhatsApp group, that would have been Jason advice I know I would have said um, shut the fuck up this is, this is terrible just keep your fucking mouth really shut go win it. some games yeah take count, count to ten, to ten. <laughs> <laughs> but it really has just become fuel to, for, for, for drama chasers on, on Reddit you know and it, that's unfortunate yeah. so they got they got some some rough advice somewhere Stout and Yabby if you listen to this I know Stout used to listen to podcasts maybe not anymore um, you know Reach out to us next time you need some PR advice. We got you. And also, Stan, it's not your fault that you were slinging dick and, you know, Swisher copped a bit of side eye there, man. That these things yeah. are going to happen. You know, it's not, Keep slinging that's not dick, your responsibility. Stan. 20 years old. Yeah, not your, the dick is not fully under control just yet. You're doing, you're doing yeah. all right. And it, it, it wants to do what it wants to do, man. It wants to do what it wants to do. Sometimes Stan. So in the heat of battle, this, the little head tells the big head what to do. Yeah, like focus on the fragging first, but after you won the tournament, then just go nuts. Just fucking let that thing rip like it's a fucking Beyblade. (laughs) (laughs) 
Should we end it on, on Yeah, that we should end it on Beyblade. All right. All right. Cool. Uh, hey. Nice. Another episode. Yeah. Happy New we'll Year's. Do something. Happy New Year's. Merry Christmas, Yanko, for next week. Nice. Peace.